0: And welcome to another instalment of the remote Fun Filthy podcast. Hello, guys. Hello. 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 Hello.
1: Hello. Wave at me, you cunts. <laughs> I am waving. George just sat there saying, I'm waving, doing nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't sell me out, Eddie.
1: <laughs> no.
0: The audience don't know that. Oh, they do now. Right. How are you two handling um, isolation? Well, who are we, Sam? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm joined at a distance by, with... Boy, I'm joined by Eddie. (laughs) Hello. And Jordan. Hello. How are you finding isolation, guys? You are Sam,
1: as I've already pointed (laughs) out. How are you
0: finding isolation, guys?
1: (laughs) Do you you know what? I've started jogging. Oh, okay. Why? Um my sister's (laughs) other half works for a charity and he's setting up like a fundraising ten mile run thing called a virtual ten mile or something. So it
0: sounds horrible.
1: Yeah, well I agreed to do it, so Okay. (laughs) Um, i've actually got to start practicing now how does he vet that you um, run the distance um, if it's so it's, its all being linked together through an app so okay. you can then, the the data will get recorded on the app and then get sent to them so how does the see. app record the data i don't know i mean well, it's, it's steps
0: it, isn't it yeah, really?
1: yeah i don't know running apps are weird i don't quite understand yeah them. but literally how does it because like with the wii remotes
2: what if you if you just like sat on the sofa and just sort of shook it up and down It would like register that as you running. So you could run like the marathon on like Wii Sports and you'd just be sitting on your sofa just doing like a masturbatory like shake.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, that's, I mean,
0: I doubt it's foolproof, is it? Well, it has a a GPS map.
1: Oh, right. Okay. It can see. Ride a bike. Get, on a, get on a buggy. I don't know. Um, and it also tells. I mean, I don't. I don't think you think should cheat <laughs> it. No, I was saying <laughs> there is options for walk, run, bike. No, no, I'm, j- j- I'm just, I'm just, I'm
2: just sort so. of poking at the boundaries of this thing. I'm yeah. trying to find out if it's right. how like foolproof it is. Uh, I don't know.
0: Well, I, I sp- I've
1: not tried to cheat it yet.
0: Yet? Oh, well, okay. I suppose it depends on uh, the idea that the people using it. Why would they be cheating it? <laughs> like really? why? Why would it's not like I'm in my house. Kind of just moving back and forth, so I get my ten thousand steps a day, Yeah. and go, ha! I've beaten my phone. <laughs> I don't actually <laughs> no, no, get but the, the whole benefit of the point of, cheating of the You don't point even have to walk.
2: It. You could just sit there, and
0: you can cheat your ten thousand steps. But why? But why would you cheat it? You don't gain any. It's not like oh, if you if you walk ten thousand steps, you get money. You you the benefit is the exercise itself. Yeah. And so it's like, ha! I beat the phone. Like, so. You gain nothing. You just gain nothing at all.
1: Oh, I've had a, a fairly healthy diet for the last four days.
0: Yeah. Well, so. I've had, um, as has been reported, sciatica, so uh, I've been walking to the fridge less. <laughs> so it's helped in that sense. Yeah. But as we point, we pointed out, uh, the world has gone on lockdown, and considering that my life was basically one of a hermit anyway. I've been restricted to not moving at all, so it's kind of this this Russian doll of shit. Yeah, I've just myself. <laughs> I
1: mean, to be fair, I would say like I, so. I um I've ordered a PlayStation Four, okay, right, but it did say the estimate uh, estimated arrival date is um between the end of April and the start of May. Oh yeah, right. you're gonna be waiting a while. Yeah, if it's not so essential. yeah, Definitely. I'm gonna f- try and finish everything I've go- I've got on my Xbox 360 first. So that by the time it arrives, I've completed all of them, and I can be like, ah, something new to play. What are you? What hmm. are you getting?
2: VPS four. You getting Doom Eternal? No, not yet. You should get uh, Doom Eternal.
1: The Last of Us, Uncharted, Fallout Four, and then I've ordered the new Modern Warfare as well.
2: Uh, I could have. I could have. Uh... Fobbed, off, fobbed you off with my copy of Fallout 4 which I haven't touched since I played it for the first time. Well, my problem with it is sort of the just the sheer like open-endedness of it. No because I, there's, there's see, I like, do
1: like that like even with Fallout 3 the the missions where you could just chill in Megaton for fucking forever and do basically fuck all. No i as I get
2: older I just I just um steer more and more towards games where it's like okay here's the objective go. hmm I can't be doing with, like, um, open world sandboxes and stuff like that, where it's like, here's a story mission, but also you can just kind of, like, fuck about for 20 minutes or fuck about for two hours or whatever. Like, that stuff's fine. And I don't like uber-linear games. I like Mm. games where it's
0: sort of like... Says the Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, no, I know.
2: (laughs) I know. Um... No, I, I think, like, the, the for me, the best games at the moment are the games that sort of, like, they it's there's a clear, like, goal, but you have, like, a certain amount of freedom within that. So, for example, like, the, the old Spyro games. Mm. Like, Spyro 1, like, you go into the world, you collect the eggs, you move on to the next world, but you can sort of tackle them in any order and you can sort of move around and you're not, like, it's not like Sonic where you're sort of constricted and sort of, like, you have to run down this narrow corridor and all that kind of stuff. Doom Eternal is a bit like that as well. I want to talk about it briefly because that's sort of an an instance of it's just like a straightforward first-person shooter. It's like, here's the level, here are the enemies, just go hog wild. But there's like, you have all these different weapons that sort of have different effects on different enemies. So it's like, even though the the sort of the catharsis of it is typical of like a mindless shooter game, there's actually a lot of like strategy that goes into it. Yeah. Because you have each weapon that sort of like, they sort of expose weak points on different enemies and then you have equipment that like, oh, if you use like the flamethrower, you'll get armor from the enemies. And then if you do like this specific type of kill animation, you'll get health. And if you use a chainsaw, you'll get ammo. So it's all about like resource management and using the right weapons at the right times and sort of knowing, you know, that kind of stuff, Yeah, which is really, really good. But this, I'll broaden it out a little bit because I feel like we're just sort of, I'm just talking at the moment. So I want to put a question to you. The main protagonist of Doom is Doomguy. And he's basically just this silent protagonist. He's like, the whole gimmick of Doomguy. Is that he's this very angry man who just wants to kill demons. Mm. To the point where in Doom 2016, they have like a cutscene where someone within the facility basically basically in the first one, it's set on this facility on Mars in which they've been mining energy from hell mm-hmm. as like a renewable energy source, and all of the demons escape from hell and basically destroy the base. Then you wake up and your mission is go kill all the demons. So the guy sort of comes over the loudspeaker and he's like, oh hey, I'm a guy. Um, let me tell you the history of this place and let me tell you exactly what's happened. And you just take the monitor and you just throw it across the room and then you just go and kill demons for the rest of the game. So it's like a statement of, like, we can't be fucking bothered with all this, like, story and you want to kill demons, he wants to kill demons, Just let's just go do it, you know? Mm. But in Doom Eternal, they seem to have... Doom Eternal feels more like a... like a like an old-fashioned arcade video game. Yeah. Like, they have floating pickups and extra lives and, like, they have very specific, like... Like I said, like if you use the chainsaw you get ammo and all of this stuff, which is very like video gamey. It doesn't make sense in the reality of that world. Yeah. But at the same time, they seem to have gone in a far more story heavy direction. Like they mean, they need, they've sort of made a concerted effort to sort of explain the history of the Doom of Doom Guy, the Doom Slayer, and where he's come from and how he is, who he is, and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's a moment in the game where it kind of flashes back and you hear him speak. Right. So the que- the question I, I sort of want to start with for both of you is: Can you think of any instance in any piece of media where a silent protagonist or a silent character will suddenly speak and it works? Because as soon as Doom Guy started speaking, my immediate thought was like, "Oh, what you what have you done that for? Like this, why is this guy? Why is he speaking now, but he's not speaking during the game?" And, and like I start, I always think of stuff like that when I hear characters speak for the first time.
0: I don't think the answer to the question doesn't have the same implication. That it does across all different forms of media. Okay. Um, It's one thing for a video game character to suddenly start talking. A completely different thing if it's a, you know, a character in a TV show that typically has been mute and all of a sudden starts talking. Yeah. Two very different things. Yes. Because obviously a big appeal of video games and if it hasn't been said before... I am not a video game guy. Yes. Your (laughs) silence during that whole conversation or that whole monologue, I think, was tested. Yeah, that spoke volumes. (laughs) Okay. Um, One of the appeals, you know, it's you, essentially, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Well,
2: that's sort of why I kind of disliked what they've done in Doom Eternal, because they've probably characterized him. Like in the first, in Doom 2016, he had agency outside of the player. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that he, like, throws the screen away and the, the fact that he sort of deliberately disobeys orders and stuff. Like, he's always had an agency beyond the player. Mm-hmm. But because you never see his face and you never heard him and his history was never explained, you sort of felt like an extension of him. Mm. Yeah. Whereas in Doom Eternal, he's like a completely separate entity that you occasionally get to control. That's what it sort of feels like now. Mm. It feels like, ironically, the, the connection has sort of loosened to that character a little bit. Because they've made a concerted effort to go... Okay, this is specifically what he looks like, what he sounds like, who he is. I
0: know? don't know because I I don't know if there's a um if that's even a rule that universally applies in video games. Because I was I was thinking with games like this, which are you know intensely violent shooters, yeah, it might work because yeah, there's the you know story is not the principal dimension; it's the experience, the action, the violence. Yes, yeah, and so. If it is just kind of a, a cardboard cutout that you're inhabiting, mm. uh, then that works. But then you've got things like Gears of War, which uh is very successful. And that's kind of just a that's just a violent demon shooter, right?
2: Uh yeah, in essence, yeah. Yeah.
0: But that that's a character as well, isn't it? Marcus Phoenix. Yes. And that's a very well loved character, as far as I understand.
2: Yeah. But that's I mean, the the Gears games have always been third person. Like it's always Yeah. yeah, yeah you've yeah. always seen that character. You're always aware yes. that you're sort of like sharing the space with another character. With yeah,
0: character, so obviously that's to try and complement the player experience. But for instance, I don't know, like in film, I mean, it can be used to great effect, can't it? Mm. With great power. The idea of a character that doesn't speak, suddenly speaking. Yeah, It's kind of a plot point, but the salient example for me is Caesar, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, you know, like that. Okay.
2: Well, I mean, that's different because he... Like there are instances where it sort of makes sense for the character to suddenly... Like Caesar is a perfect example because he's just gained the ability to speak. And yes. the execution of that scene is brilliant. Like, I think for me personally, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes is the weakest of the three. I agree. But that moment where he kind of goes, no, like he screams at, um, not Tom Holland. What's Tom Felton. Tom Felton. Uh, that's like one of the best moments of that trilogy, hands down. It's a great yeah, moment. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. so it makes sense that he like has only just started speaking. The say, Kind of the same with uh, the general in Prison Break. Right. Like throughout series <laughs> okay. two, he never speaks. He's always like holding up little pieces of paper, asking questions and saying what he wants to say. And then at the very end of Series 2, they sort of go out on a boat in the middle of the lake and he suddenly starts speaking. And you kind of, you infer from that, oh, the reason he never did it was so that if people are listening to the conversation, yeah. they're only going to hear one side of it, so they're not going to know what's being discussed. Yes. The problem with Prison Break is as soon as he
0: starts speaking, he never shuts up. Well, that's the thing. That it, it's you know its execution is terrible because you know the thinking behind that is, let's introduce a villain character that has an air of mystery about him. Yeah. Like ooh that how very interesting and enigmatic he writes his responses on little bits of paper. Yeah. But then yeah, as soon as they realise, as soon as they made him the primary villain of uh, the final season in particular. Yeah. It's like right, okay, we've written ourselves into a corner here. He has to speak. Yes. So yeah, f- fuck it. He, that rule has just gone out the window now. That that doesn't yeah, matter anymore. Yeah, he just anymore. talks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like. I said I don't know if uh, there's a a kind of yes or no answer to that question in a way. There are characters who rarely speak. So when they do, uh, you know, the economy of the language means, like Gus Fring springs mm. to mind. Yeah. Like he's he's hardly, he's hardly mute. But whenever he does speak, you know, you, know, you listen. Mm. Yes. But yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, in, in the case of Doom, it, it does sound like it's to its detriment. Yeah,
2: I do feel like there's temptation in, in the instance of Doom and there, are, and there are other instances as well where it just kind of feels like the creators are sort of giving into temptation. Where it's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if our silent protagonist suddenly talked? Or wouldn't it be cool if our masked protagonist would suddenly take off his mask? Yeah, Especially yeah. since, uh, the, the, the last thing I'll say about Doom is the only time he speaks is in flashbacks. And in those flashbacks, he doesn't say or do anything that couldn't have been expressed silently. I think that's the thing that sort of annoyed me the most about it. Yeah. Is that it, is that it was ultimately irrelevant.
0: Well, yeah, what do the flashbacks add? Well, it's sort of, you re-
2: in the level they happen, you've returned to, um, I think it's like the capital city of, the people that sort of adopted the Doom Slayer, and I assume trained him up to... Right. I think all of this stuff is explained mm. in, like, flavor text, but I just can't be bothered with all that shit. Okay. Um, Reading. Yeah, he, he's... As you're going through the level, it's flashing back, and it's basically showing that they brought him to... They threw him into this gladiatorial arena. They basically saw, like, the, like how well he fought and sort of... How, the how well
0: he slayed Doom. How well Slew he Doom.
2: slayed Doom, yes. And they were like, okay, we'll use this guy. We like him. We can use mm-hmm. him. But all the Doom Slayer basically says is, oh, big guts. I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to kill the demons. That's literally all he right. says. It's almost verbatim. It's not quite okay. verbatim. It's almost verbatim. It's like, well, you've done a fantastic job of displaying that intensity in the past two games. Why the hell did you need to break his silence for that? You know? Yeah, And it's sort of like with... um neither of you finished the mandalorian did you series one of the mandalorian no. the final episode of the mandalorian because the whole point of the mandalorian is he can never take off his helmet if he takes off his helmet and another person sees him without his helmet on that automatically kicks him out of the mandalorian tribe or religion or whatever the hell they are okay in right. the final episode
1: he takes off his helmet yeah and it just kind of felt like well why'd you do that what the hell did you do that for maybe he wanted to have a shower and he didn't want to get his your helmet wet <laughs>
0: You can't have you can't have a shower without getting your helmet wet. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I mean they, they they did it, didn't they? Because it's the it's the finale, and you've got to have like a tidbit more about him. I, I guess know. was like the,
2: the context of it is he's in like this battle and he gets wounded, mm. um, and there's like a he's bleeding from like the back of his head. So there's a robot that's there and the robot's like i'm gonna like fix your head and he's like but i can't take off my helmet no one no living person can ever see me without my helmet and the robot's like well i'm not alive right so the Mandalorian's like yeah all right so he takes off his helmet we see the guy and the robot basically fixes this like fatal wound yeah and the mandalorian is fine again
0: okay i, I um, gotta say i call bullshit on that just because saying the, the the droid saying well i'm not alive therefore it doesn't count yeah I mean, in the Star Wars universe, they're basically sentient, aren't they? They're essentially just metallic humans. Like C-3PO is just a camp dude that happens to be a robot.
3: <laughs> mm, yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? So I call bullshit. Like, so, oh no, but there has to—you have to be organic matter and have blood pumping yeah. through your veins. Oh, that's stupid. I don't know. I don't have No that secrecy.
2: It's, it's, it's just like complicated AI, but they are still technically not alive. No. Yeah. Sure. But no, isn't that the point? Isn't, wasn't that one of like the 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 um the flavours of Star Wars? Was that the droids were like um, a slavery facsimile? They're like an underclass that are looking for are the they whites.
0: in Star Wars? I think are they looking, so. are they looking they for got,
2: rights? You, well, you've got that stupid robot from Solo, the the the, the feminist uh, robot. Uh, I'm seeing it. That's like oh, droid rights. There's a feminist <laughs> robot in Solo. Have I mean, you neither? Have you seen Solo? N- no, it. Okay, like a well I don't recommend shit. it. But yeah, one of the main characters in that film is like a, a feminist robot. <laughs> there's
0: a moment Isn't where is um... she blue? Is it like her head blue? No, 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 she no. She's like it's a not. blue robot. Um, she's no, okay. one of right.
2: she's Lando's best friend though. So whenever Lando's in the film, she's basically there. Right. But there's a moment where someone's on the Millennium Falcon and they go to they go they're like leaving the uh, the cockpit for something and they ask the droid they're like what do you want and she immediately without hesitation just goes equal rights.
0: Shut okay. the fuck up. Well, was that a robot statement or was that a feminist statement? What do you mean?
1: Oh, does the robot want? Oh, was oh, that like oh, we, the we, want, we want
0: equal rights? Because it- right yeah, okay. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, probably both. Well, you can't have both. Don't be fucking greedy. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, one of these days, Eddie, you're going to say something just off the cuff that's going to get you in some serious
1: <laughs> trouble. I don't care.
2: And we're because we're not going to call you out on it either because we're just not going to notice it, or
1: because you'll agree. Oh, because we we'll agree, agree with it, yeah. <laughs>
2: but I'll get out. We'll just be like, "Oh, we didn't hear him." Oh, yeah, Ooh, bad Eddie, bad Eddie.
0: Oh no, I mean, if you're looking uh, for, a, this is not the podcast to find reasonable no. mediators.
1: No, I do just say it is about just saying kind of what the fuck you want within reason. Oh yeah, yeah. I suppose on the
0: podcast, I try to limit it to relatively palatable language, <laughs> <laughs> but still. Um. Oh, the Mandalorian takes. Is, yeah, and uh, just kind myself.
2: of. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying, it, doesn't, it didn't feel like the actor went, I want you to see me without my helmet on because I'm a famous actor and I want people to see my face. Didn't feel like yeah. that. I trust that. I don't know no. much about Diego Luna or whatever he's called. But I
0: trust that he would uh, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Who's Diego Luna? Uh, well, you're being... That's being very racist there. Oh. Rogue One. He's the male leader Oh, Rogue yeah. One.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I realise how bad that seems <laughs> there. It's fine. I'm a misogynist, George. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> well, they're both in um, Narcos, the TV... No, I mean, not the... Okay. You wouldn't know that, so I'm just giving right. you an excuse here. So does that mean that but, Narcos uh, was
1: racist first?
0: No, Narcos is about Mexicans and the right. cartel. Okay. So... Just happens to have two Mexican actors. I, even though I don't I don't think Pedro Pascal's Mexican. Uh, oh what's it matter? Gosh, it's all where's, It's uh, all. from It's all help me finish that sentence. It's all racist. Mexican y human. It's all Mexican. Um, he's he's from Chile. He's Chilean. Okay. All right. So Pedro Pascal is Chilean. I think Diego Luna is Mexican, isn't right, he? Right, okay. Uh, Diego Luna is Mexican. Yeah. Okay. He is Mexican, okay. Yeah,
2: no, I trust I trust him. I trust it's not a case of, I want you to see me without my helmet. But it did feel like, just um, show some restraint, you know?
0: We didn't- Well, need- I, I suppose the argument would be that they've been showing restraint for the entire season. Yeah, but well, why did you yeah, stop there? they've got a second
1: season. Yeah, but that's the, that's the thing now. Well, like, presumably, if, aren't if, they?
2: If the second season, like he does end up removing his helmet again- it's not going to have the same impact. It's like, but well, we've seen you without your helmet.
0: Now. But the, presumably they are building up or kind of b- breaking down the layers in terms of the more the show goes on, the more visible he's going to be. Mm, yeah. I mean, presumably if this goes on for years, which it could feasibly, it's going to get to a point where it's half and half or even yeah. mostly not, okay. you know? Yeah, I doubt this is going to be a case of, ah, oh, you get this one kind of uh, glimpse and then we're back to business as usual. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, they kind of, they're desensitizing you. Well, they're sensitizing yes, you. Yes, but him. I don't
2: know. Just like the moment his helmet came off, and it was just like I always knew there was a guy underneath there, and I always knew who was playing him. Mm. But just the moment his helmet came off, all the kind of like the the sort of mystery, yeah, the mystery and like the coolness of that character just went, boop, just went, it just disappeared. It's like, oh, you're just a guy, mm. right? You know,
0: that's always the case, though, isn't it? I mean, the monster is is never as terrifying. Uh, seen as half seen, you know? No, but I feel like... Not saying the Mexicans are monsters, by the way. <laughs> or Chile- not saying the Chileans no, are no, monsters. No, that, no, that's more. exactly sure, You sure that's not
1: what you're saying? Well, the
0: Chileans are monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I was going to try and make some sort of joke, but I, I know literally nothing about Chile <laughs> other than it sounds like a food. It does. <laughs> and a, st- a state of warmth. Yeah. That's-, <laughs> that's-, that's the extent of my knowledge. Oh, dear. Oh. Was there anything else before we dive into the big one? Uh, You said you had a couple of things you wanted to... Yeah, that was the uh, first
2: one I sort of wanted to ask about. Are either of you familiar with Hunted or The Heist? Uh, No. Okay. They're both very... I'm going to sort of explain them around about the same time. Um, So basically the premise of these shows is that they're sort of reality TV slash game shows. Okay. Uh, In the case of Hunted, like 10 people basically go on the run from this sort of nebulous law enforcement. And the idea is they have to evade capture for three weeks and if they manage to do that then they get like prize money at the end of it but they have to go to like uh, towards the end of their time they're sort of told oh you have to go to this extraction point at this specific time and they have to evade the capture of the hunters as they call them Um, and if they get extracted successfully then they get like prize money Mm. the heist it's basically the same premise although instead of just being on the run from the law they have to rob a bank and then they have to again avoid being captured and avoid being charged for robbery and if they manage to launder their money at the end of the three weeks, then they get to keep all the money that they've stolen from the bank. Right. Now, this was first introduced to me by my parents. My dad was sort of explaining it to me. He's like, oh, it's about these people who rob a bank and blah, blah, So I was like, oh, so like, um, it's a, like a scripted show then. Like, no, no, it's real. Mm. What do you mean it's real? Well, no, it's it's a reality. There's real people. You can sign up for it. It's like the X Factor or something. You sign up for it. The producers will like vet you and then they stick you in the back of a van and you go on the run for three weeks. Right. Like, oh, okay, is there, like, restrictions? They're like, no, no, you can go anywhere in the UK. Right. So, yeah, I just want you, I just want you, and the audience as well, if you want, I want you to imagine for a moment that you're the person who's pitching either of these shows to their respective TV networks. Mm. And I want you to just try and imagine where the hell
0: you start when it comes to explaining the fucking logistics of this thing. Right, okay, well, I'd have to understand them first. So let me... Clear everything with you, and then I'll try and formulate a pitch in my head. Okay. So, I'm a member of the public, I'm just an ordinary person, and I sign up to be on this game show. Yes. On this game show, I'm on the run. Yes. That's the premise. And I'm being hunted by your Richard Osmonds, for lack of a better term. So, like, you know, people of the show, Um, right? No, they're real,
2: like, law enforcement. That's a waste of fucking law
0: enforcement. What do you mean they're real law enforcement?
2: Well, the guy the guy who sort of spearheads the team in Hunted is uh, like an ex-sniper who went to work for the police No, place. no,
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, but but they're working for the show. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: They've been selected by... They're real law enforcement using real law enforcement techniques. But yeah, they're not like... They didn't just go down to like Ponty Police Station and be like, oh, can you find these people for yeah,
1: us? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And presumably they recur episode to episode. Yes. It's the same Hunters. Yeah. How much information do the hunters have?
2: It seems to... Okay, so in the in terms of hunted, they seem to know from the very beginning who they're hunting and where the the uh, people that they're hunting start from. Okay. In the case of the heist, they have no idea who they're hunting. Right. This will lead to sort of what I wanted to sort of talk about. Okay. But like in the heist, they sort of pretend that they're learning about the bank robbery for the first time. Okay. So they'll just sort of be in an office and they're like, Governor, have you heard? The Bank of Northumberland
0: is being robbed and all that <laughs> shit. Governor. Okay, so in Hunted, yeah, yeah presu- you get some sort of head start, presumably. No,
2: no, no, they know. The
0: hunters know where you
2: are from the beginning.
0: How did... Do- I don't understand.
2: I not Not no, genuinely. I, that's what if I think they know where
0: you're... We'll just go with the place then and arrest them. I don't get yeah, what the... it was
2: literally... Because I've only seen... In fairness, I've only seen the latest season of both shows. Right. And it's been going for a couple of seasons now, so it might have been different in the beginning. But in the terms right. of Hunted, they just literally had a helicopter following the van, being like, okay, these guys are going to start going on the run in a minute. Right. But after that, because they all managed to evade capture when they spilled out of the van. So from that point on, they don't know where you okay,
0: are. Okay, I mean, they don't know where you're supposed to go. Culturally. Well, you're
2: not. Other than the extraction point, which they typically don't find out about until like the last couple of days, you basically have right, 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 completely okay. free reign. You can go anywhere and do anything as so long as you stay within the UK.
0: Okay. And, and they don't know, the hunters don't know the extraction point. No, they're they never given, given that information. information.
2: Although when when the the okay. huntees are given, uh, given that information, the hunters are alerted to where the
0: message was given to them. So what resources are at the hunter's disposal
2: most well any resource that law enforcement would typically use to find the person so they can track your phone they can use cctv they can use drones they can use helicopters they can
0: access cctv
2: yes okay um (laughs) do you see where this is starting well
0: i feel like i mean yeah there's a lot of moving parts there yeah it's an easy thing to pitch it's like right okay we manufacture a situation where you've got people on the run and people trying to catch them using traditional law enforcement Oh yeah, it's a wickedly techniques. simple premise.
2: It's just the moment where you have to go, right, so do the camera people... I'm assuming
0: that for this to, uh, you know, to have absolutely any mileage to it, that they have to falsify oh, yeah. or engineer much of it in the sense of all you got to do is look out for a camera crew. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's obviously got it all completely artificial yeah yeah it's gotta be
2: in fairness there's a message at the beginning of both programs basically saying that like in terms of cctv and phone tracking that stuff has been replicated for the purpose of the show
0: well, replicated cctv yeah meaning what
2: well they obviously presumably they had access to the real cctv right and the cctv that we're seeing is footage that the show has recorded right so you're, you're no, not so actually you're not seeing, actually seeing... Cameras, you're just seeing yeah, like, okay. a, like a um, what's what they call it, reconstruction but,
0: but, yeah but then they have to reconstruct that footage yes so they have to bring in the the the, the human yes. the normal human and get them to reenact yes exactly okay this all this all just There's smel- also, smells also um, like I think it was me, a rule that was only
2: introduced in the most recent series of Hunted the people who were on the run right. have no resources at disposal they have no money they have no equipment yeah they basically, they basically have to just go around yeah. asking members of the public. Oh, can you drive me to this place? Can I stay in your house? Can I- yeah, yeah, yeah. So do they, do the hunties and the camera crews just go into the houses of random members of the public mm. without doing like health and safety checks and vetting that person? Well, that's
0: the thing. Like, it's 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 an intriguing premise on its surface, you know, especially considering that. You know that they can travel anywhere. They can do anything. That's yeah an attractive. But yeah, when you actually know anything about how television is made, you just, yeah yeah you exactly.
2: There's like moments where they've like gone up to like Jennifer, public member or whatever, and being like, "Oh, can I stay in your house?" And she's like, "Yeah, all right." And then like, <laughs> where is this Jennifer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she, they go into their house, and then she goes like, oh, "I'm going out to the shops for a minute. I'll see you later." Like if some like camera crew or not, if some person like ran up to you and was like, "Hey, I'm on the run for the police. Can I stay in your house?" Yeah. Firstly, you wouldn't say yes. I don't know about you guys.
1: I wouldn't say no. yes. It depends what they're on the run for. Well,
2: yeah, but like you wouldn't just be like, "Okay, I'm going to the shops
0: now. Don't like steal
1: my steal shit.
2: Anything from my house."
0: <laughs> yeah. Do they um? Do they do talking heads? Yes the people with whom they interact with, with whom they with encounter. all of them
2: with the hunters as well okay the talking heads though look like they are filmed after the yeah. events of the show okay whereas with the hunters it looks like they're being filmed as the show is happening
0: right well without having seen it it just sounds like bullshit <laughs> like, I,
1: I, I, I will add I have uh, while we've been doing this I've looked up hunted and it turns out there is also a celebrity version of it oh yeah the the most recent series had like Boris Johnson's dad on it I think yeah <laughs>
2: It was like Gavin, Gavin okay. Ensign.
1: Uh, it was like a rugby player yeah. or something. Gavin Ensign. Gavin Ensign. He's Welsh. Gavin yeah. Ensign. Three of them are from um, shows like Made in Chelsea and The Only Way is Essex. Yeah, yeah. They're celebrities though, Eddie. That's the, that's the that's, tragic that's thing. That's not, no, they're not They're not celebrities. They're reality <laughs> TV stars. Well, you're saying, I am not
0: saying that anybody who watches this is stupid. Okay. I really am not saying that. However, this is clearly television made for stupid people, isn't it? But, you know, again, I want to qualify that. By which I mean, if you sacrifice all cognitive interaction with this show, don't think about it at all from a production level or from any level, really. Yeah. Maybe it's entertaining. But I, I don't know how you could derive any enjoyment when you know I think, all of it is I don't is think co- it's just that it's made
2: for stupid people. I think the idea, because I, like, I watched it with my family, and I think that is sort of an ideal yeah. context in which to watch it. It's You put it on with a group of people. And you can watch it going, well that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Okay. Or even even if you're not going, that's bullshit. Like even if you're just like, you know, oh, why the fuck did he do that for? Why is he not like doing this? Yeah. You just sort of like you're commenting on the show in real
1: time. Sounds like you kind of yeah, invested yeah. your. No, and
0: again, I'm not I'm not saying that uh only stupid people watch it. I am genuinely saying that it's made for a viewer that isn't really thinking about what they're watching, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's made for someone who can who could genuinely buy into it. Presentation, yes, It's the kind of thing my father would watch, but it's also the kind of thing that he would say, oh, it's terrible, but you know, <laughs> I watch it. Well, that's the problem.
2: And that's what, what, what I sort of wanted to put to you both is it's it feels like it's kind of the worst of both worlds for both shows now, mm. because obviously you can't buy into the reality that they're depicting because it just doesn't make sense. Mm. The fact that they've got CCTV, the fact that you never see the camera people, yeah. the fact that the show is never filmed at night, when surely that's like the perfect opportunity to find someone who's on the run. It's when they're asleep and not fucking moving. Well,
0: under cover of darkness. Yeah, exactly.
2: And the, the, the sort of the moments where drama is clearly being contrived, like in the final episode of, I think it was Hunted. Yeah, it was Hunted. There's two groups of people left. There's a couple and two best friends right Mm -hmm. in the final episodes the people who are doing the talking head start asking the couple about like oh so when do you think you're gonna like get married when do you think you're gonna like settle down and the woman's like really into the idea and the guy is very like he's like dodging the questions right and the best friends like up until this point they've been in in like there's been a little bit of tension in the sense that like a couple of times they've done something the other person's been like no that's a stupid idea don't do that but in the very last like as soon as they've given the extraction points suddenly they they both have very different ideas about how they should get to the extraction points. Mm. One of them is like, oh, we should contact our family members to drive us there directly. And the other guy is like, no, no, we should use members of the public. So they're both like, all right, screw you. I'm going to go my own way, right. basically. It's like all of a sudden, these people who have been getting on the entire show in the finale okay. fall out. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. And then as soon as the couple get to the extraction points, all of a sudden, the guy like gets down on one knee and he's like, such and such, will you marry me? As like the hunters are like running through the harbour trying to catch them, he's just down on one knee proposing. Okay, they try like, to make, make it no cinematic. There's no way. Yeah. it's like a hundred grand at stake. Well, I mean,
0: well, I would recommend a TV show to both of you called Unreal and it's a drama series about a reality show that's kind of uh, modeled after The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. Right, okay. And it's about the the production crew that manipulate people and have to contrive narrative. Because, yeah, no reality show is a reality no. show. yeah, we and I don't want that. it to
2: sound like I'm complaining, like, oh, this reality show isn't depicting... Like, none of them do. Oh, no, that's it's a fair complaint.
0: Do. Like, it's a completely vacuous yeah, medium. Yeah, exactly. You know? But it's just,
2: like, the, the, the You have to suspend your disbelief so much, it seems, with Hunted and the Heist. Yeah. That it just doesn't seem worth the hassle. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, you don't, like, the reality doesn't stack up. But also, these are all real people. Mm. These aren't actors. So with the moments where you're, you're doing, like, these mm. clearly, like, not scripted, but, like, these sort of, like, predetermined sequences where, like, the end of the show when they manage to get to the extraction points mm. and they sort of shoot off into the ocean... And you've just got all of the hunters just, like, looking at the screens, looking kind of nonplussed. Mm. And then in one in the background, one of them just goes, shit, and then, like, punches a door. <laughs> it's just so, This is like, what I mean by sp- it's made for you know, it stupid so people.
0: Because you said it requires so much suspension of disbelief. And I suppose my point would be its intended demographic suspends their disbelief as a point of principle. Right. And like, I think in a... Uh, I will believe it, damn it. No, no yeah. not, not, not that, that don't even have the faculty that would doubt it, you know? Right. I mean, the kind of people that, um, in that Fry and Laurie sketch, to quote the Fry and Laurie sketch, credulous gits <laughs> who just <laughs> believe whatever they're shown, yeah, yeah. you know? Because you know that uh, a vast, okay, I won't say majority, a significant proportion of the audience... Believes that what's yeah, unfolding know. is genuine.
2: I've seen like I've looked at reviews, and this it seems to be pretty evenly split. The people who who genuinely like the show, and the people yeah, this who is are reviews like, now. This, this is, is reviews. There's no way this is real. But
0: I think that's just a failure of imagination, isn't it? On our parts, a failure to comprehend just how empty-headed some people are. <laughs> I think you know there are people who just think it's real. I know them. I grew up with these people. that are like. Oh so mad in what's going on? It's flipping. Fucking hell is tense, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We just aren't of that ilk, are we? God, this sounds really fucking arrogant <laughs> and pompous now, but no, they're a stupid television, you know? Yeah. And it's for all stupid people. Yeah. It sounds like it's also
2: interesting how, at least from what I've seen, the people who seem like the most capable, or the people who would seem like they would be the best at this sort of thing they're always mm-hmm. the people who seem to get captured first. Okay. So, for example, one of the people who conducted the heist was an ex-police officer. So you think like, oh, there's a police officer. There's no way they're going to catch her. Mm. So they catch her in like the first fucking episode. Do you know how they capture? Because it turns out that she decided to buy everyone's burner phones with her own credit card. Ha <laughs> ha so they just traced their credit card Saw that she bought like five phones and was like oh fuck it's you then. Yeah
1: that is pretty stupid. Okay. It is
2: really stupid but that's another thing that annoys me is that the hunters always seem to be sceptical when they should be sceptical like, they always have the correct lead. Right. They never seem to rope anyone in who has nothing to do with the show. I know this stuff would be omitted in editing anyway, even if somehow you managed to get, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...a 100% accurate depiction of the reality of the situation. Mm. You would just cut out a moment where the hunter's arrested the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that, like, whenever the the, hunts, the, the people being hunted do something and the hunters are like, that doesn't seem quite right, I bet they've done this, and they, they guess exactly what... Mm. The, they seem to guess exactly what has happened.
0: Well, here's that... Because you say, I think... It would be omitted in editing but that would be interesting to me of like them going and arresting the wrong guy, this guy who now in his life is inexplicably being pulled aside and being questioned by these people. That's interesting to me and seeing them fail, you know, especially if you're, it wants you to root for certain people. If you're rooting for, you know, these guys and they're getting away with it, you're going to like that. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. But realistically the producers are going, right. Yeah. It's all well and good that you have free reign, but we've got a fucking budget. So here's a clue. Here's a lead. (laughs) Here's a bit of footage. That's what it is, isn't it? Like, you know, because mm. um, I would personally, I'd want to see all the the false trails and the red herrings and the yeah. mistakes.
2: I think it's also a case of, they, the producers have clearly said to the people who are being hunted, oh, you should do something to like, to mm. the hunters. Because what happened, there's like one guy, I think Ishi, his name was, in the heist, they robbed this bank in Northumberland and they show like a map of where the police station is and where all the people are in relation to that. Right. And Ishii is, like, way the fuck over there. He's, like, nowhere near where the hunters are. Right. And they cut to him. You you don't see him for the first couple of episodes. And then they cut to him in, like, episode three, and he's, like... Oh, yeah, no one's...
0: on a a beach in Thailand.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I've just gone to work normally and, like, no one's come to get me, so I guess I'm all right then. Okay. Um, But then all of a sudden, I think it's in episode four or whatever episode it is, it doesn't matter, but all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm worried that if the hunters were to come to my, like, hometown, people would sell me out. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to donate a portion of my money to the local chip shop so that they can give out free meals mm. to the community and basically buy their trust. Right. So he does this. Word gets out on social media. The hunters see this. They go to the chip shop. Mm. They arrest him. They see him on the CCTV, and that leads them to his money like if he just kept his head right. down and not done anything he'd have been fine but the moment he does something you know the moment he surfaces his head the hunters are like right we know it's you we're gonna fucking yeah. pull you off the street now
0: yeah, yeah there's like
2: a moment as well where like it, one of the other people involved in the heist like bake a cake taunting the hunters and they go to a beach and they sort of tell the hunters oh go to this beach but they stick around right so the hunters almost arrest them because they have to
1: run away because they get when they get there it, it, in all the honesty George why do you care
2: well like I said I,
0: I,
1: why are I, you write, I, write, I, a I write a letter write a letter Right I'm Playing to channel 4. They've gone to maybe We far. should all uh, apply. Go on the run for 3 weeks. If I it's
0: I real, I'll happily do it. Not if it's <laughs> I mean, some they, scripted they are bullshit
1: looking for contestants according to Wikipedia.
0: Yeah. W- what would you rather do? Would you rather do The Heist or Hunted? Um Hunted. I mean, with the heist, the only additional thing,
1: right, is that you rob yeah, a bank. Yeah, you have to
2: rob a bank in the beginning, but that happens at the very start. Like, that's clearly scripted,
1: because there's no preparation. Like, I yeah, say, yeah. yeah, if I don't get to keep the money, then... No. Well, no,
2: that's the thing. If you... Because you rob the bank and you get the money immediately. Yeah. You have to spend a little bit of it, but if they capture you, you have to give that money back. And presumably, you also have to reimburse them for the money that... They, that you already spent. I don't know. This the show was very um, vague about that. Mm, okay. Because uh, surely, like, why don't you just spend the hundred grand immediately, and then if you lose, just don't give the money back. You know? Yeah,
0: I, mean, I, I wouldn't want any complication. Really, I like the the simplicity of you're just on the run and yeah. you've got it. But that's more.
2: Capture. That's the thing that with that you're constantly on the move and you're running about and you like you have no resources yeah. at your disposal. Whereas with the heist... Like you could basically just go home afterwards, and so long as you're careful, the hunters need never know where you are. You could just live your normal life, but no, with like a hundred grand. Yeah, first you place there. you check is the person's home. No, but they don't know who they're looking for on the heist in hunted. They do, but in the heist, they have to figure out who you are first, and then they come looking for you.
0: I'd rather do hunted. I I like it. probably more difficult, but just on a kind of entertainment level, I prefer the idea of starting with nothing, and you've got your wits and your you know your resourcefulness is what you're right, relying okay. on to. Uh, survive. Mm. You know, given that the pretext is that you're on the run, you're a fugitive. Yeah. Are you given any legal leeway for things that you might have to do along the way? Because I would think (laughs) I would think outside the box on this one. I would genuinely, right, scope out like prostitutes late at night, right?
2: (laughs) Right. Okay. Get
0: one to take me to a pimp right somehow I'll cause a scene or whatever yeah yeah and then ask if he know, uh, you know get see if he knows anyone who uh, deals weapons I'd buy a gun <laughs> I'd lure a hu- I'd lure a hunter to a, a you know, isolated location yeah I'd get them a gunpoint I'd force them to tell me everything they knew get their phone with all like their contact details for their family yeah. members and stuff and threaten to kill the family if they continue <laughs> to pursue you like people need to be thinking outside the box on this one not just like I, I, I got to run away and get on this train. Right. Fuck that. I'm going I'm <laughs> All I'm information say on is people. That Jordan,
1: you really do sound quite invested in this show. And Sam, you should definitely sign up for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it's kosher, Sam. I don't think you could do shit like that. Yeah, Why not? Yeah, Sam's a rule breaker, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm post- I mean, like, what kind of show? It's like, right, okay, you're fugitives, right? Like, you can't break the law, though. You got to be like... You've got to be legal fugitives. (laughs) You've got to follow the rules. No,
2: that's exactly what it is. That's bollocks.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't want to see this. (laughs) So, So, series three. Yes. I made... Substantial notes. Okay. We will tackle it uh, episode by episode. I think that's... Have you made not-
2: substantial notes because substantial notes were warranted? Or did you feel No, no filler, to- no
0: compunction, just... Well, it's my thoughts in real time, basically, as they occurred to me. Okay. Uh, all the salient notes are there. Okay. Okay, how should we do this? I guess maybe... You guys can give me your opinions on the episodes as we're going through.
2: Okay. Do you want to start episode by episode? Or do you want to give a broad, this is what I thought of series three?
0: No, know? I want to do episode by episode. Because I think it would be giving it away right, to okay. uh, say what I thought. Wants to keep you, you didn't in like it, did you? He wants to keep you in suspense, George. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep you in suspense. Yeah.
2: Right. Okay. Right. Well, it's
0: going to become pretty c- clear pretty early on what my general opinion is. I, I
2: yeah, I fear it might. <laughs>
0: Right, The Runaway Bride, which is the Christmas special. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never the wordsmith, Eddie. <laughs> no,
1: I, I, I don't have much more. Like, it's a better thing that Catherine Tate's done. Okay. In the context of the show or in general? In general. Okay, all I right. I have criticised the Catherine Tate show a couple of times. Have you? Uh, not on the podcast, but I have.
2: Yeah, not on the podcast, definitely. Not a fan of Catherine Tate show. Am I bothered? You know, you don't like that.
1: No, because I could do it at school, and that annoyed me. What?
2: A fu- what does the nan say?
1: What a fucking liberty!
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
1: you don't like that, do you? It just gets repetitive and annoying.
2: Well, that's sketch shows, though.
0: No, they're know? not. There they, are sketch shows, then there are sketch shows. There's a bit of Fry and Laurie and that Mitchell and Webb look, and then there's Little Britain and the Catherine Yeah, Page okay. <laughs> all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll concede Fry and Laurie. And... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have either of yeah. you been getting, like, a lot of Mitchell and Webb sketches recommended to you over YouTube recently? No. No. I've been getting loads of recommendations, and they all seem to be eerily, like, appropriate, given what's happening in the world at the moment. Okay. They're all, they all have this, like, Apocalyptic slash PSA like edge to them, you know. It's like like the 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 post the post apocalyptic game show. Like we don't talk about the event, yeah. And there's yeah, one yeah. where like um like Robert Webb has started working from home, and David Mitchell is like, oh, "Have you um got past the wanking stage yet?" Right. And they start like talking about like he's giving him advice on how to get past. Yeah.
0: That. Is that you just confessing to
1: wankathons?
0: <laughs>
2: no, no, I'm.
1: Just- <laughs> okay. okay, yeah, George, have you got past the wanking stage yet? <laughs> Otherwise known as your twenties.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, the Runaway Bride. What do you think of it, Jord? Um, I didn't. I didn't rewatch it. I sh- maybe I should have rewatched it. Did you rewatch any of the series? I
2: rewatched a few. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: The Christmas specials in general, I have a sort of. I have a weaker memory of those. Yeah. Um, I think it was alright from what I remember. It's a bit of a tonal okay. shift. If you're watching, if you've just watched like Doomsday, and then your next thing, the next thing you see is the Runaway Bride. It's a bit of a shift. Yeah. It's very, like, goofy and sort of, like, almost, um... What, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's not a spoof, but it's sort of exaggerated and silly. It's kind of
0: farcical. Um, farce, that's
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, it feels kind of farcical Until yeah. he yeah. tries to kill um, a giant
0: spider. Okay, well, I, I didn't like the episode. I, I didn't think you would. No, it, it's, it's too much. I mean, Catherine Tate in it is very big. Her energy. Her energy, yes. Yeah, not her size. Yeah. I recently listened to a Christopher Eccleston interview wherein he said that he wanted to play the doctor because he wanted to do something for children. So that has kind of bolstered my kind of reading that it's, that it's made, you know, for children, basically. We're not going to be able to dispel no, I, you this delusion, are we? It's not a delusion. It, 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 the guy who play it is for kids. I'm sorry. It, it does flirt with darker themes. It's but not it's ch- just for kids. No, though. it is. It is, Jordan. It's a children's oh, show. No, no, no. Eddie, no. back me up here. Listen, listen, listen. In the same way that Pixar films. Eddie, back me up here. Listen to me. In the same way I that Pixar films, Pixar films are great and we enjoy them and they're brilliant, but they're still for children. You can, you can say, oh, it's it's for families because older people can enjoy it as well. But there's like a children's books and a, an adult could read that and enjoy it. It doesn't matter. It's still a children's book. For all intents and purposes, Doctor Who is a children's show. It is made for children. Sure, older people can watch it and enjoy it, but it is a children's show. Anyway, the fact that he Eddie, said it has made me comfortable uh, continuing back me up, with that. For fuck's sake. <laughs> with that idea and I think even for even for Doctor Who, which is a children's show, I still think that she is too big um i've
2: said I said in series one, I think you even agreed with it that like there are moments where the show plays to children, and it, broadly speaking, yes, it's not a very mature show no. in the same way that like something that's aimed at an older audience is mature Mm -hmm. but there are also instances where it feels like like oh in this episode we're appealing to the kids in this episode we're appealing to like older members of the audience in this episode we're sort of like mixing it a little bit no it's not just
0: all kids no 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 but you're, you're confusing children's show with childish I'm not saying it's always childish Yeah. I mean let's take the Incredibles as an example in the Incredibles a children's film there's a moment in that where Mr. Incredible is under the impression that his entire family has just been murdered. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying that, that, that it doesn't deal with darker themes and with more adult themes. I'm just saying that functionally, for the most part, I would call it a children's show. I, uh,
1: my argument is that I think it's a family show rather than a kid show. That's where I... Think. Yeah, it's a okay. family show. Why why How, why is it family? Why, why can you not... Meet us there, Sam. What do
0: you mean by family show? Tell me what you mean by that. Why is that distinct from my definition of a children's show?
1: Because, I mean, the thing, I I don't take it from what the show was made originally for, which was it was made for Saturday evenings with people watching it, like, after dinner. That's what it was like, Mm. originally. double. It was made for families to sit on the sofa with and just watch it as a whole. Mm -hmm. So the whole point was that it was supposed to be tailored to there would be stuff for kids. There would be stuff for teens. There would be I, bits for adults.
0: I don't know why you both of you well, you especially Joe, balk so heavily at my designation of it as a children's show. That's not a criticism. I'm not criticizing it by saying it's a children's. It's the fact that you're show. sticking to
2: it so rigidly. I'm 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 interested I, I, in why you're so like this is the hill you're dying on.
0: No, you know? no. I'm saying that it's made mainly for children. That's all I'm saying. It's made mainly I'm not saying adults can't enjoy it or shouldn't enjoy it. I'm saying it's made its main audience is children. I, I is it are you trying to justify your fandom of it as an adult by trying to say, no, it's a family show? No, no,
2: no. Because like, I'm, I'm, I'm not
0: saying it shouldn't be enjoyed. No, no, because I'm a fan of Sonic.
2: And I would say that Sonic yeah. is not like not like little children, although there are instances of that, but it's definitely like aimed towards kids. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not like ashamed of Doctor Who and it must be okay. a family show for me to... Right. It's just, I'm surprised that you're like, this is the third uh, episode we've talked about Doctor Who and you're still like, no, it's definitively a kid's show.
0: You know? B- because, well, this episode in particular, I know it's goofier than, it's the goofiest I've seen so far. Yes. I get that. But it sort of highlighted that for me because it's energy. Unlike Catherine Tate's performance in that episode, I don't know how you could really enjoy it if you weren't a child. Because it's re- it's over the top. It's like, it's massive that. And was, that Catherine Tate thing, I'm talking like that and being there. I was like, whoa, okay. I just, I'm not on the level with this. Yeah. That's all. Again, it's not a criticism. It's just a way of me thinking about it. So I can judge it accordingly, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, And again, I'm not saying it's even for young children. I'm saying it's for, it's probably for the same audience that Harry Potter is. Seven to 13, 14. Like that's your main kind of- Well,
2: we've we've got a friend who's not going to be very happy with that statement. Why? Well, yeah, it's for like young people. But
0: I, I don't think he or she would deny that uh, I mean, it's obviously Harry Potter, a children's books, aren't they? They are to be found in the children's section of uh, young adult
2: fiction. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the. is. Demographic- it's not young adult fiction,
0: is it? No, no, it is. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure no, it's, it's young adult young fiction. Young adult fiction is stuff like Darren Shan, um, some of the Anthony Horowitz stuff. Like, the th- right there's Mister Men, there's Harry Potter, and then there's Darren Shan.
1: Right? <laughs> no, I completely right. forgot. I read about Harry Darren Potter. Shan. You know, oh, those were good. <laughs> I read
0: Harry Potter when I was like seven, eight. You know, I was that age. Okay. And I would say that up to your teens. You know, it's also for adults. Like those films are really enjoyable and they they're great. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, yeah, it's very whimsical, the episode. It, it it introduces this music that's very Chaplin-esque.
2: Oh. That was a bit
0: off-putting. Is it Donna's theme, Eddie?
2: Uh, Do you remember? I'm not sure. Okay, because Donna has a theme that reoccurs in series four. And yes, it's very like... Plinky-plonky. Yes, exactly. So it might be that.
0: Yeah, well, it's... This episode, maybe because it's a Christmas episode, it's, it's pitching it significantly younger than it is usually. Th- this is for kids, you know?
2: Yes. No, I w- yeah, I wouldn't dispute that. Yeah.
0: What else have I got here? This might be a bit choppy because, like, like, like I said, I've, it's all notes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you know, you know, when they go to um her reception, her wedding reception. Yes. Yeah. And I think Lance is her uh fiance. Yes. And he's yeah. dancing with another woman there, and she's like, Yeah. Oh my god, you've gone ahead without me. The woman he's dancing with is gorgeous, and I'm just thinking. <laughs> Well at, th- at that at that moment I was thinking what the fuck is he doing with Catherine Tate <laughs> if he can get a woman of that standard. Yeah, it does uh, get it does kind of get quickly. addressed
2: later on. Yes. Yeah.
0: There's a moment where they're all uh, the three of them are on segways and they're all giggling and that was a bit cringe. I found that a bit cringy. Okay. Um I will say for the entirety of the season there is significantly less cringe. Yes. There are moments but there are there are there a are few. I feel
2: fewer. like you'll have to I'll see if you agree with this, Sam, and you as well, Eddie, I suppose. David Tennant seems angrier this season. Yes, definitely. I think that is intentional. I know it's intentional, but that's something I noticed more on the rewatch is he seems to be a lot angrier and I kind of forgot how quickly he could blow up and how, like, easy yeah. it was to trigger his temper. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, I've got no time for the Empress of the Ragnos. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it a rest, love. It's like, again, I know this is pitching it a bit younger, but the constant, like... I'm evil, it's really evil. It's, oh Jesus! Just
1: yeah. shut the fuck Love up. Is, also, yeah.
0: did the raccoon brush their teeth? Because her teeth are pearly
1: white. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a little it's, detail. One thing she does, you know, she spins webs. She cleans her teeth. She loves her life. She cleans her teeth. Um, there are a few like the Empress uh,
0: mentions Christmas a few times. Like before she descends on Earth, there's this thing about like I tire high above. I, I tire. I tower high above on Christmas night, and then she talks about. A Christmas dinner. Uh, why are aliens concerned about human religious festivals?
2: <laughs> how do they well, How mean, do they even know about that it? So the Arachnos, Arachnos ship is uh, the core of the planet. Yeah. So they've been here from the very beginning. So
0: yeah. I don't know whether we're supposed okay. to
2: infer that they um, have sort of been observing humanity all this time or whether they, I suppose, yeah. they might even be instrumental in some traditions of humanity. All I'm, sa- I don't all know. I'm
1: saying is no matter how you look at it, they would have definitely run out of food on that ship, and they would have died. Her children. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But at what point do you stop? You know, just like ah, fuck it, just
2: Doctor Who, let it happen. You know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, there's a lot of that, obviously. Yeah. Um, the, I love the, the moment where Lance turns and you find out that he's been working with the Empress, and he just launches into this um assault on Catherine Tate's character. Yeah. It's like oh, you're bored. I was so with him. He completely <laughs> had my sympathy. I was just like because everything he's saying, I was relating to. He's like, you stupid fucking magazines and your stupid rumors and watching soaps and like oh is it interminable and I was like yes Lance I'm with you right now um also
2: is that that why you didn't like this episode is because the character you most related to died (laughs) yeah
0: exactly (laughs) um is it just me or is it tacitly implied that Lance is fucking the spider queen (laughs) what because at one point I think Catherine Tate says to him what you you prefer to be a consort or maybe the the doctor says it and then he says it's better than a night with her So was that implying that he is having sex with the Spider Queen?
1: I don't know if it was implying it, but if he was, I mean, fair play to the man. (laughs) Okay.
0: Um, Right, the end of the episode where he offers Donna, you know, passenger ship. Yes. This is effectively what she says. Right, I can't go with you. The scope of, like, reality is brutally intimidating. And I harbour suspicions that you're a sadistic psychopath. But I'll cook you Christmas dinner. (laughs) I will happily cook Christmas dinner because <laughs> when he's killing um, you know the, the empress and all her children you know he's there's a moment where she's like okay that's enough now and he's committing to it Yeah. and in that moment she's like you need help dude yeah. But so she thinks he's like a, a, a cold hearted killer but then she's like I'll come in for some turkey though come on <laughs> well come he did save in. her life you know there's nothing noble about hypocrisy Donna I just want to put that out there
2: yeah there you go yeah. <laughs> That was horrific. Okay. I mean, um, she's still indebted to him in the sense that she's alive. I she suppose. wouldn't have been alive, you know? Yeah,
0: okay. Um, so, one of the things that I've done is I typically, I, I'm not a fan of the Doctor Who episode titles. Okay. So, I've come up with alternatives. Some of them are in jest, some of them are serious, mm-hmm. uh, most are puns. So, my title for this episode is uh, Weblock. And also, I've given <laughs> a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down to each episode. This episode is a thumbs down. Oh,
2: okay. Why is it called Weblock? Explain it to me. Oh Wedlock, but also web. Oh right, okay. I should I should have got that. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: that was my fault. It's alright. Okay. Episode one of series three Jones. Smith and Jones. Smith and Jones. I already prefer Martha. I know this is heresy to you, Jord, but <laughs> I I quite like Martha. I got to be honest. What
2: what do you like about Martha? Steel man Martha for me. Explain why- Steel man her. Yeah, explain why you like her. I, I
0: don't really need to steel man her because these are my genuine c- convictions, but- Okay. Yes, okay. She is not colourful. No jokes, please. <laughs> She's not colourful. <laughs> there aren't, There isn't much to her. She is quite bland and, and a blank canvas. Mm. But I just found- I, I, I quite like being in her company, whereas I didn't with Rose. Okay. I didn't like Rose as a character, as a human being, whereas I do like Martha. Mm, okay. It, it's a bit more um, palatable to me that she would go around the cosmos with this guy because, you know, she has a family, but it, it's like her choice. She's not leaving anyone behind. There's uh, like, she, there's no Mickey in this picture.
2: Yeah. Well, like the, 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 the whole, the, the sort of the thrust of this series And their relationship in the series. She's kind of, she's secretly got the hots for the Doctor, but the Doctor's just not interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's not interested, but he's also sort of treating her like a rebound, and he's not, I don't think he's quite aware of the implications of like what he's doing. No, it's
0: totally one-sided. I mean, it's all jumping ahead a little bit, but one of the problems I had um, kind of manifest in episode two is in episode one, they seem to make a promise that there will be no romantic affiliation. And then they break it in episode two. So I found that quite uh, disappointing. What's the promise? Well, in episode one, she says like, don't worry, I'm not interested. I'm only interested in humans. Yeah. You're not my type. It felt like a statement. It's like, oh, good. They're saying from the off that that this is not going to become a romantic thing. Yeah. But then as soon as the second episode rolls around, she's clearly got the hots for him and annoyed that he's not reciprocating it. Yeah. So that, that was a bit disheartening. Right, you know when they when they are teleported to the moon? Yes. yes. Uh, Mr. Stoker, the physician, is looking out at the impending Jadoon. Yes. Why the fuck's he got binoculars in a hospital?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's standard equipment, isn't it, for a doctor? <laughs>
0: binoculars? Yeah. Are they? Okay. Creep. <laughs> um, I like the image of a hospital on the moon. Mm-hmm. Also space rhinos. I like space rhinos. Yes.
2: Jadun. You finally met the Jadoon. I I like, I like
1: the Jadun. I quite like the I like
0: the Jadun a lot, yeah. They're they're my kind of creature, uh, alien. They're they're recognisable, but it's like, it's sort of just two ideas fused. Rhino cop. Yes. (laughs) I I like that. (laughs) I think his name is, is it Morgan Stern or something? One of the doctors. He's very quick to become a collaborator. He becomes a good German really quickly because he gets scanned and they're like he is innocent or whatever, yeah. and then he just go he's with them, accompanying them around the hospital, going, "It's fine, it's just a scan." <laughs> it's great. He's like such a you know, cut he bends over straight away. He's like a Frenchman or something. Um, a good German Frenchman. A German Frenchman. A good yeah, German a good German, German Frenchman. Frenchman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I looked up whether the Jadun predate this episode, and they don't. No, no. This makes me think that they were generated solely to allow the line. Jadoon Platoon upon the moon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like they were invented Light, for mine. line. Probably. And I'm okay with that. Um, he expels radiation via his feet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. That's the level that I'm comfortable with, with this show.
2: How? How is that? How did that pass under your, um, I'll, I'll allow it barrier?
0: I don't know. It just did. Maybe I was in a good mood. Who knows? Okay.
2: The Jadoom would put anyone in a good mood,
3: yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, well, it's it, a lot of it is taking, the box, it, it's taking my comfort boxes in the sense of it's what I'm comfortable with with Doctor Who. So a wanted alien fugitive who killed a princess of a galactic dynasty that's hiding out on Earth. That's the kind of universe building that I like.
2: Because
0: okay. it's never really said... It, it might They might literally say, oh, it was Princess Blah Blah of the Blah Blah Clan. It's like, no, this is good. This is alluding to things that aren't really present in this episode. Yeah but aren't oh, just throw away as well mm. um, I like that I've got here a nice little thing with the tie but I don't know uh, what oh, he shows when he shows up at the very beginning of the and episode gives the tie. I like that yeah that was good
2: it's nice when it's nice when a time travel show does incidental stuff like
0: that where you sort yes. of like
2: you, you, you're you kind of experiencing the time travel in real time if that Ye- makes sense yes
0: Yeah. a kind of a human linearity yes yeah. exactly
2: I like stuff like that.
0: Um, so my alternate titles for this episode, okay, Code Blue Moon is probably the one I'll stick with. Okay, uh, but then I wanted to base one on a song from the Dark Side of the Moon, the Pink Floyd album. Yes. Uh, so I've chosen and infer from this what you will uh, a song called Any Colour You Like. Um, my other <laughs> <laughs> my other episode title is uh, Keratin Star um, because keratin is the uh, material that rhino horns are made of, and ten stars obviously like a shower. Oh, okay, badge.
2: all right, that's nice.
0: So, yeah. keratin star. The code blue moon, I think, is probably what I would yeah. go with. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, overall, this episode is a thumbs up. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay. The Shakespeare code. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not a fan of this one, George? I'm not a fan of it.
2: I, it kind of falls into um, yeah. I've, I've I've expressed my um, disdain for musicals before. Yes, theater can sometimes get wrapped up in that as well. Just like okay. when 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 they're sort of in the um, when they, when they're in the Globe Theater and they're doing like they, they got the people on stage reading out the the lines and it's all very theatrical. That kind of stuff gets me as well, where I'm just kind of like, eh, I "Okay, don't, I don't like this. You don't like
0: Shakespeare then, is what you're saying? It's
2: not that I don't like Shakespeare. I don't like Shakespeare being performed, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't like that kind okay. of theatrical, over-the-top delivery, where it's like, this okay. is very delivered. This is very, this is being performed, Okay. You
0: know? Well, let me jump to my general opinion of the episode, then. Okay. I like it. How dare you? <laughs> I didn't think this would happen. I'll be honest. Okay. I thought there'd be plenty. I didn't. I wouldn't like that you would. I didn't think I'd like stuff you didn't. Okay. What's your opinion of it, Eddie? I like it.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. I I
2: like this. <laughs> episode. Have you have you always liked it, or do you like it now that Sam likes it? No, no, no.
1: no I. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of Shakespeare, so there is that. Yeah. So I was. i okay. I liked. The yeah. As am I. The introduction of that. Um. I mean, the the, the witches are a bit kooky, but I I kind of I kind of like them because. Witches aren't really in it.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, as I've said before, I, I like the historical episodes. Yes. I seem to enjoy those more. And I like it when they integrate. So basically the idea of doing a time travel Shakespeare episode where the plot is informed by Shakespeare's mm-hmm. works. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like stuff like that. You get a lot in Scooby-Doo cartoons yeah. and stuff. And it's very clever. Uh, I like, you know, I like that. I like Shakespearean dialogue. Um, I like that flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, At the beginning, Lilith, the witch, Hmm. directly addresses the audience. Hmm. I wasn't okay with that. No. That
2: happens in Shakespeare, Uh though. So that could be part of the trappings. Of, oh, I suppose mm, I hadn't thought of that. So yeah. like a
0: chorus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. I now accept it completely. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought of Martha's ethnicity um, until the show addressed it. Yes. By which I mean, I hadn't. It hadn't occurred to me. Like, oh, if they go back through history, yeah. her race is going to be an issue. But I genuinely hadn't thought of that until they brought it up. And th- these were the heady days of was it is it 07, yeah. the mm. series. It's treated exactly how it should be. Yes, um, it's. I think it's dealt with in a sentence. In this, I,
2: yeah, I really like the way they deal with it because mm. she, when they initially go back, Martha says to the doctor, "Like, I'm not exactly white. Is that going to be a problem?" And the doctor's like, "Well, I'm not even human. Yeah, you know, yes. you just yes. walk around like you own the place." Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's like it's London. There's a hodgepodge. There's low. Everyone of different. Yeah, exactly. Here, you know?
2: And also, um, I think there's a bit of tension with Shakespeare initially. Yeah, like he sort of says something that's very like, "Oh, you're not supposed to say well, that." Well,
0: he, he calls her like. um like Nubian or something or like my Princess Africana or something like that yeah it's like yeah so he would they would have yeah. spoken like it's that she's yeah.
2: like you want me and the doctor's just like oh yes political correctness gone mad and he's just kind of like yeah let's not we don't need to <laughs> t- we don't need to talk yeah, about it let's just not deal
0: with it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so I like that a lot I feel like well we'll find out I suppose but more contemporary episodes that are going to be dealing with that issue I feel is not going to do it so gracefully no um, <laughs> no it does no. not spoilers and there, there are things like that. Occasionally, I find myself watching like a 90s sitcom and just thinking, you couldn't do that now. And there was an example of that in this episode where they're watching the play and Martha says, and those are men dressed as women, yeah? And the doctor says, oh, London never changes. You couldn't say anything like something <laughs> yeah. like that. No, you know, I, just lo- I like oh, for simpler times. Yeah. Um, if I didn't know better, I would have guessed this was written by Mark Gatis. Okay. It's not. No, it's not. Uh, But it's got that thing of playing with uh, the kind of the archaic language and that sort of thing. It's very nicely written. Okay. Gotta say. I like its kind of theme and its presentation of the idea that words have power. This could be abused in the sense of, you know, an idiot leftist plank could say, (laughs) oh yeah, words words do have power. This justifies the existence of microaggressions Mm. and that sort of thing. But I like the idea that the the which is ultimately defeated by the power of language. Yeah. Obviously, as a writer, that is very I do, appealing.
1: And in a rather childish way, I do like that this is the way they deal with what happened to the play Love Labour's One. Yes, in that yeah. it just ended up in that sort of riff. Of, <laughs> yeah, and that's why we never got the play because yeah, I, I, Jordan. I genuinely don't know how much you know of Love Labour's One.
2: I know that there is like a missing yeah uh, yes work yeah. So yeah.
1: it's a, yeah, legitimate missing play and there's various theories that go towards it. Is part of um, that or
2: is there a crossover with the theory that Shakespeare never wrote any of his plays and Shakespeare is just a pseudonym or something? I, I mean, there's all, there's all, there's all sorts. That, that is a theory, right? That Shakespeare never existed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not that he
0: never existed, that he um, plagiarised. Yeah. I see. Uh, that it was a, there was another bloke. I can't remember his name now. i got to quickly look that up, actually. Oh, Eddie, can you look it up if you're yeah. online?
1: So, am I looking up the other guy?
0: The, the name of the guy that s- supposedly wrote the Shakespeare J- plays. Jiggle
1: knife what (laughs) I don't know Shakespeare
0: jiggle knife oh (laughs) Shakespeare okay alright Billy jiggle knife Billy jiggle knife (laughs) um Mark's knife oh you do you
1: just mean Christopher Marlowe yeah him
0: (laughs) yeah Christopher Marlowe yeah anywho yeah I like that Elizabeth the (laughs) first I like that Elizabeth the first has got a grudge against him that's never really explained I don't know if this alludes to earlier but mm -mm.
1: I don't know. Do you know, Eddie? I know where it ends up. Oh, okay. okay I don't know where it ends right, up.
2: Yeah. Is it what I'm thinking of with um, the... I can't
1: say it, can I? <laughs> no, you can't. If, it's a if, I, if I just say the word Joanna Page.
0: Yeah, okay, that's
1: what I was... Yeah, yeah there that we are.
0: works. <laughs> okay, well, again, I don't know if this is, if it's a carry-on from the older stuff, but I like that she walks in, she's like, you, you, you fucking cunt. <laughs> and then he has to run away. I like that. I was like, oh, cool, yeah, because he's... Of course you would have met Elizabeth the first, you know? Yeah. So when I, again, this is kind of like a, like I said, a real time unfolding of my thoughts at that point. I thought, right, I don't enjoy the show, but I can appreciate it. Okay. I can appreciate the writing and I can look at it kind of objectively. I feel that way about taxi driving. Even if I'm not, yeah, sure.
2: Um, (laughs) It's interesting that like Doctor (laughs) Who is the thing for you.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I'm not enjoying it on the level that it wants you to enjoy it, but I can definitely appreciate it, you know? So this my alternate title for this episode, I've got two. Yep. Uh one is why why was that a pun? <laughs> <laughs> I, I said I said I've got two and you went, at Did I? Oh yeah,
2: no, okay. I thought you All were right. just like just reassessing
0: your own work. Like that's not a pun. Why did I write that? I thought that's oh on. no. No, no. I've I've got two different names. Okay, go on. Sorry. Um so one is uh, by any other name. Okay. If you know the quotas, it's a rose by any other name. Yeah. See so what ah, so you're you're, you're, you're a season
2: late mate but yeah sure why not what do you mean because Rose is gone now
0: yeah so this is a Rose by another name Martha is Rose by any other name see what I'm doing there okay there's that but the one I'm I'm going to stick with is Timing Couplet okay yeah that's that's my title for this episode and it gets a thumbs up boo (laughs) boo (laughs) I just love
1: it that George doesn't like it it's class (laughs) (laughs) okay Gridlock. The the one we've been waiting for. Yeah. Yes. Ardlo O'Hanlon is a cat.
2: Ard- Ardlo
0: O'Hanlon is a cat. Ardlo O'Hanlon is a cat, yes. Uh, well, that's, that's one of my first notes, is Ardlo O'Hanlon is a cat. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so I'm finding it a little uh, snarksome when the Doctor gets angry. Like, when he does get angry, I'm like, <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. Mm. You silly, you silly Right, doctor. Okay. Um, I'm not taking it seriously. It is when he's it getting out. Strange,
2: angry. like how like the vendors, the street vendors in the undercity, like how he's immediately like, shut down or I'm gonna like bring fury upon you. Yeah. That feels kind of like out of nowhere almost. Yeah,
0: yeah maybe that's why I found it a bit I was sniggering derisively. Yeah. But I okay, I, I like the idea as a sci-fi concept of stupendous congestion. Yeah. I really like that. One of my micro notes here is I understand that wankers sound their horns in actual traffic jams. Yeah, but if it took six years to travel ten miles, you'd think people would wind it in a bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, just shut the fuck up.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: But they also like
2: whenever they cut the um, the exterior CGI shots of the traffic, there's always cars moving.
0: Yeah, that's annoying. That's annoying.
2: I I know you need that to help create a sense of scale, and it also like if everything's stationary, it's just gonna look like a static. It's going to look too static and too flat. Mm. But yeah, if you're traveling six miles in 10 years or whatever it is, and then you look at the outside and there are constantly cars moving, it's like, well, why?
0: <laughs> yeah. it's a re- There's something like markedly bleak about the premise. Mm. <laughs> like, when I was thinking about, you know, you've got those two, the lesbian couple, the yeah. old lesbian yeah. couple. Like, they'll definitely die before they arrive at their destination. Oh, yeah. As far as they're concerned in this, yeah, yeah, you know, setup. So it's like a metaphor about losing time as you crawl towards a goal that was my takeaway from it interesting okay so like when when you should be concentrating on the present but you're you're focusing on getting somewhere and you're just getting older and dying in the the meantime they do kind of address the idea of this futility Uh, when the doctor suggests he says to like what if this just goes on forever what if you've been fooled you know and everyone's in denial about it. I didn't expect it to go deeper, but it would have been nice if it did. Like, really hammered on this idea of, yeah. you're actually going nowhere. I know what you, you know? mean.
2: It does feel like the the traffic jam stuff, it's not the story, it's just a component of the episode, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you've got, because obviously the face of Bo, it's his final appearance. So we see the face of Bo again, and then that sort of, like, hijacks the end of the story, where we, it's sort of, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's nice to see the face of Bo again. Yes. a Big fan of the face, face of Bo. I, like I like the face of Bo. Yeah.
0: Well, um, I'm, okay, I'm ambivalent about the face of Bo. Of course you are. Sam. No, but now that I know who he is, I fucking hate the face of Bo. <laughs> I now know that Captain Jack is the face of Bo. Because he can't, he doesn't age. Yeah, so he becomes a giant face. He becomes a giant head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is
2: that is very clearly a retrospective thing, isn't it? They didn't oh, yeah, start yeah. being like, oh, Jack is going to become the face of Bo. No, you know?
0: yeah. Um, It had a kind of contemporary relevance in the sense of everyone is... Uh, clustered together but isolated at the same time. Yeah. It was a very coronavirus. Yeah, episode, that was very know? like,
2: ooh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um just a little uh, the writer in me. Uh I'd, it would have been on the nose, but like if you know as he's descending all the cars. Mm. I would have liked it if in one of the cars they would they were just sardines. I would have enjoyed that <laughs> uh visual gag. <laughs> um I've got here. Yeah, so, again, I, I don't want to keep hammering this point, but you have to understand that I'm basically reading you a real time. Yeah, that's fair yeah, enough. Uh, yeah. So, my next point is it's already better than season two. Okay. Yes. Uh, you,
2: have you specified, bear in mind, this is my real time opinion because this changes?
0: I mean, maybe, but. Uh, the reason I'm specifying it is because when I've got notes like it's already better than season two, that that was me at that moment watching that episode thinking, right, this, it's already better than season two. Okay. Do you know All what I right. mean? It's not. This isn't my um, post-match uh, review of it. This is literally in the I moment. See. okay. So I don't really notice David Tennant. Like he's in the role. I don't notice him oh, as okay. the doctor. Mm. Okay. He doesn't stand out to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, When he opens up, uh, you know the, the the ceiling of the highway, mm, yeah, and they all go. They would all be blinded by the sun. Oh yeah, <laughs> they've all been <laughs> subterranean for like decades. They wouldn't be able to see shit. They're all like looking like, oh, the sun. Ah! I mean, if you're in the cinema for two hours, you get <laughs> yeah. fucking blinded yeah. by the sun. Yeah, yeah. This is that. Also, George, I've got one note here. It's a single word. Yeah, crabs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on the crabs? Um Well,
2: you barely see them in fairness. They're kind of yeah, shrouded true. in the just, in the small. Just their
0: pincers. Yeah. See their pincers. Mm.
2: That's okay. It's not so much the um uh the pincers I have a problem with. It's the when you see a crab up close and you can see its like face and everything. Okay. That's where I'm like, Yeah, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> it's like with spiders. Like spiders are creepy on in and of themselves, but the moment you see like their face with like their their fangs and like their eight eyes, you're like, Oh, I'm I'm really not okay, okay. with this. Okay. All right then.
0: Uh, At the end, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: uh,
0: at the end, Doctor recounts memories of Gallifrey, right? He's explaining, oh, you know, trees of blah, 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 blah. Yes. Um, As he's doing this, the camera rises up into the sunlight over New New York as all the people sing a hymn. And in that moment, it became a TV show for me.
2: God it, God, it really shows what, how you've been approaching this, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this show has this like, really like, great moment in like, ah, that's what television would do.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's just been a novelty. Like, frankly, it's been a novelty for me, mostly. Okay. Uh, so at that moment, it's like, oh, good. I'm, like, I felt something then. I'm a little bit invested now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, that's kind of all. So my alternate title for this episode is Sapphic Jam. Now, if either of you don't know what sapphic is, sapphic means lesbian. So, <laughs> sapphic jam. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're not in it enough. I don't no, think. I know. But I I think you have to appreciate that as soon as I came up with that, it couldn't be anything else. No,
2: no I suppose. So uh, that episode is thumbs up. Okay. Yeah. Why has it? Because like, like we said before, like you saw it ages ago. And that seems to be the one thing that stuck with you from Doctor Who is um, Ardlo Hanlon as a, cat. as a cat. Yeah. Now that you've, re- learned that you've rewatched it, is there anything that sort of made you go, oh yes, that's why I like that episode so much?
0: Honestly, no. I mean, it, it wasn't that I like really liked that episode in particular before. It was just, for some reason, the one that stayed with me. And not stayed with me in the sense of its kind of story or its theme or anything like that, or emotional impact. Just the imagery of it. Yeah. Him, him in those very claustrophobic tins, you know? I just liked that for some reason. I don't know why. I can't really articulate that. That's just a... Not even an emotional response, it's just kind of like an aesthetic Personal response. Okay. Um. It's it's like not the best by any means. It's not an episode that I imagine it is considered among the best or as a standout no, in any yeah, way. Yeah, it's not one of those
2: episodes I hear talked about a lot. I don't think it's disliked. Yeah. But yeah, I never I never hear people talk about Gridlock. And I've never I've never found it strange that people don't talk about Gridlock, even though I do like that episode as well.
0: No. Yeah. It it is just it's it's your run of the mill episode. It feels like what an average episode of Doctor Who should be.
2: Yeah. And I do like the idea of them. Kind of returning to locations that they've been to before, yeah. But sort of like recontextualized. It's not we're literally doing the same thing again. Like it's the same environment and it's the same people, but it's um yeah it's a different aspect of that society that you're kind of exploring, you know. Mm. Yes, like when um um Adlo Handlin is sort of revealed and we see his catness, his cat mm. form. Like that feels a little bit like a reveal in the sense that if you're watching this episode without having seen New Earth, it'll be a surprise. But I don't know, it was just felt like a very for a character reveal it was very underwhelming and it just kind of felt like the show was almost going, Yeah, we've been here before, you know what to expect. Okay. You're 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 familiar with this environment, you're comfortable in it. So mm. here's here's Ardlo handling as a cast.
0: Yeah, that maybe that's the right I was I was just comfortable yeah. watching it. Yeah. Um Okay, thumbs up. Good. Okay. Daleks in Manhattan. Okay. Okay. So the teaser is obviously the showgirl with her boyfriend Laszlo. Yes. And then he is led into the, you know, pipe network or whatever yeah. by uh, this mysterious figure. And obviously this episode is littered with British actors trying to do New York accents. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. It's Doctor Who tradition at this point.
0: Yeah. I was just waiting for the line. It never happened. It's like, hello, who's there? I was waiting for the line. Hey, quit fooling around. But it never arrived. <laughs> but I, I really wanted it. I was like, go full whole hog with this. Okay. Appropriately enough, because it's a pig, in it. Yes. Um. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if either of you picked up on this. Uh, Have either of you seen Manhattan, the film Manhattan? Yes, we watched it on the course. We did. So when they first arrive, Rhapsody in Blue plays um, as they look up at the Statue of Liberty. And I thought that was a nice little Manhattan reference.
1: I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So they end up at this shantytown.
1: Yeah, Hooverville.
0: Hooverville, it's called, yeah. Um, Or the poor and the dispossessed from the Great Depression, right? Yeah. Um, The Wall Street crash. So... You've got the le they kind of this spirit leader, who's this African American gentleman, and two people are fighting over bread and then he divides it and he starts monologuing. And my personal response to that was, Oh, just divide the bread, mate. I don't need a fucking story. <laughs> so that, that wound me up a little bit. I feel like if I was in his company, he would piss me off. The guy that's got to tell a story, you know, about what, I don't know, you're walking up the stage. He's like, ah, oh, I once knew a man who walked upstairs.
2: <laughs> like, oh, all right, all right. I didn't get that impression from him at all. No? No, I know that they're trying to, like, not too subtly making it out, like, oh, he's the level headed one that's, yeah. sort of, like, keeps the community together. And mm-hmm. he, his words kind of calm everyone yeah. and everyone listens to him but I didn't get the impression that he was like a
0: monologue oh you know? well he is I mean like it's obviously done upon their arrival so that w- the audience can understand where this what this place exactly, is exactly yeah. I get that but it did feel like w- within the context of the reality of that situation <laughs> he divides Bray is like we are all equal here and yeah I know I fucking live here alright anyway
1: <laughs> uh, just, so the, the, the sorry, show just to interject a pigeon just shit me up by landing on my window <laughs> <shelf>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like like New York
0: pigeons. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Only New York has pigeons. It does. You know? Well, famously, you know. Yes. Uh, the show gestures towards the anachronism of racial attitudes. Like I said, it doesn't have to be totally realistic because that would just become easy liberal posturing. And I I get the idea that the idea is that poverty is a great equalizer. But I I didn't know how I I don't know how I feel about. So when he gives that monologue and he, and he divides the bread, how I feel about the white man just ceding to a black man's rule, given the time in which it's set. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm not personally offended that the white man, uh, you know, ceded to his rule. Oh, uh, <laughs> I
2: thought you were going to say, like, you were offended that the, the white man was the thief instead of... Oh, um, no,
0: no, no, cause, no, cause you no. Can't
2: have, no. You, can't, you can't have a black guy steal something. That's, you know, can't do that.
0: I'm saying nothing
2: <laughs> exactly yeah probably going to cut it out <laughs> but anyway um, poverty is a great equalizer you said yes yeah yeah, yeah no I, I buy that
0: yeah I mean that's fine that's all well and good but in 1920s 1930s America even then it just wouldn't even ha- then
2: I, I believe it okay nah is that i don't know if that's like i'm not saying you are yeah um because i know you're not the person you're not the type of person who's prone to do it but is that sort of like falling to the fallacy that everyone at a time in which there wasn't civil rights and then a time in which there was like a, a divide between races mm. is it kind of falling to the fallacy that everyone subscribed to that thinking
0: no of course i mean that um it wasn't the case that a black man would walk down the street and every white guy would just beat the shit out of him and try to lynch him that's exactly obviously yeah. like no. it's
2: entirely plausible that that white guy um that stole from the black guy like before this he was probably like sympathetic towards people of
0: color. not at all know? it's not it's not inconceivable it, it just feels like they're, they're presenting that situation as the standard aren't they they're using one microcosm to illustrate the macrocosm yes yeah. and i feel like maybe if you do one white guy they're going hey shut up not obviously you can't use the n-word because it's doctor who but you know, and then I'm going to, you know, how dare you? He's led us, you know, something like, again, I wouldn't want that because that becomes liberal grandstanding. I, I don't know what the happy medium is there, but it it just seemed a little bit, eh, but it's not a big deal.
2: Okay. Mm. Um, well, no, it's interesting because that's such a minor, like that's basically just uh, world building. That doesn't really feed into the episode at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's interesting that that stood out to you.
0: Yeah, Um there are ropey accents across the board, yep. but yes. they're, they're never yeah. too bad. Okay. They're okay, you know? Because it's it's New York and it's the 20s, so everyone's kind of talking a bit more exaggerated anyway, like it's an old movie, you know? Um, yeah.
2: I feel like Tallulah was pushing it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was. She is, a, she is a right drama queen.
2: What are you doing?
0: Yeah, what are you doing? I said, what are you doing? Yeah, that scene, her introduction scene. There, there's a lot of, um, well, I've got it written here. Hands in the air, no funny business. All right, you schmucks, yeah. The mooses. Yeah, she gets it all in there. I when the when the Daleks were introduced, I really wanted them to go Empire Estate, Empire Estate, but they never do. <laughs> <laughs> he does say Empire State. He does now. say it, but n- not in an exterminate context. No. Um, the pigs are all right. I thought they were okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, right. I like the pig people. Um, pig
2: people, pig people. Sorry, go on.
0: Uh, Andrew Garfield is in this episode. He is indeed. He is. He sounds a bit like Foghorn Leghorn, doesn't he? Remind
2: me of Foghorn Leghorn.
0: He, he He's the cartoon uh, rooster that talks like this.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. Um, it was, yeah. A, considering the, the strength of his accent in the social network, which is only like three years after this. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, that is a bad American accent. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Well, it, is that, yeah. Makes you wonder whether that's a fault of uh, the director's or that's the fault of Garfield. Because he does do a very convincing accent in social Network. Oh yeah, he does
0: a good American accent. I mean, he's doing a, a, a different American accent in this. He's trying to do like a, he's from a Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. sort of. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe if he did that now, it would be as bad. But it was a bit surprising considering what he went on to do. Uh, it was funny to see a Dalek in an elevator. Uh, and just like <laughs> coming out adjacent to all these blueprints. Just like these ravenous, empire-building, civilization-decimating-killer-machines- moved into the construction game I yeah.
2: That quite funny. yeah he's like a new york mob boss just yeah. sort of comes out of his you know, why isn't my building finished yeah you fuck you know i
0: like that they refer to themselves as a cult like that's that's used that's yeah. a term of like a, you know um cults never refer to themselves as that yeah i like that they just call themselves a the cult of Scarrow.
2: yeah does a cult only have a single definition it's not like there's an archaic implication of the word cult that they're referring to as um, opposed to what we know as cult.
0: I don't think so. A cult is just an offshoot, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Uh, do you th- Are the pigs the nascent NYPD? Get it? Pigs? Please? Right, Please? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. That was just a bad joke. Yeah. Um, the, at one point, the Dalek says, Daleks have no concept of worry. Now, that's a good that's a good line, yeah. but doesn't it evaporate on contact with air? It's contradicted in the episode itself because one of them is worried that they're violating the Dalek imperative. Yes. So they do worry about things.
2: <laughs> well, okay. So the Cult of Skaro, I mean, you, you already know this because it was sort of explored in um, Doomsday. Yeah. But like the Cult of Skaro, their purpose is to sort of imagine and kind of change the definition of what Daleks yes. are in some instances. Yes. Yeah. So these specific four Daleks are kind of capable of... It's not out of um, the ordinary for them to kind of experience like doubt and emotions yeah. because that's sort of their purpose to kind okay. of do all the thinking for the Daleks in that respect.
0: Okay, fair enough.
2: Also, like as a kid, I, sort of, I thought it was kind of cool, the idea that like Daleks were having doubts about what they were doing. Oh yeah, it's so. a
0: good idea. It, it, like I said, it was just a bit of a contradiction. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was thinking, why not get... A, I don't know if this does happen. Why not get a companion from a different time period? Like by this point, we're familiar enough with the Doctor, so there's room to be experimental with a companion. I don't, think an, I don't think an alien would the, work, I, but a human from the they past flirt could. With the
1: idea, I think. Well, I they flirt. They flirt with the idea with Madame de Pompadour. They also flirt. They in
0: also flirt day. with the idea yes. with um, Jessica Hines in this series. Yes.
1: Yes, they do.
2: Oh, I'll try not to spoil it, but the snowmen, Eddie. Yeah, the companion. They, they, that seems to be like they're kind of going in that direction. But yeah, I mean, that's just that's kind of um, a low
0: key criticism of the show in general. Is oh, why do all of his companions come yeah. from modern day London? And yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, so the Nazi allegory. Yes. Are we? Are we to? Are we on un- the understanding that the final experiment is a wink to the final solution? I think so. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, <laughs> we
2: right. are. Well, okay. hang on. Oh, uh, is it though? Because yes, I think final experiment, final solution, there's definitely, you can draw a parallel there. But were the final experiment to be successful, wouldn't that basically destroy the Daleks? Yeah, it's, at least in their current It's form? not
0: equivalent in its ambitions, but it, it ju- just linguistically, you know? Yeah. First thing, I was going to make a joke about it, cause, you know, the final experiment, Dal, the final solution, but then it occurred to me, oh, no, it's probably deliberate. <laughs> like that they've done that deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Also they bring up the word the word transgenic is used which I thought might be a reference to eugenics but again that's just a little a little reference. Mm, okay. Oh yeah, I was trying to think of um a pun about a human dalek like what they would be called. Uh but then he just announced that he was called a human dalek. Surely, there's a cleverer name out there than Human Dalek. Yeah.
1: Well, say so his, yeah, his character name isn't Human Dalek. No, his character it's... name is Dalek Sec Hybrid. Okay. Oh, you
2: Okay, yeah. But
1: he just says, isn't he? I am a Human Dalek. Yeah, and yeah.
2: That okay. title's a bit weird. a bit rubbish.
1: Um. So
0: my alternate title for this episode is State of the Empire.
2: Yep. I like yeah. that. That's
0: probably the best one. Okay. Just in terms <laughs> of like that could actually here, actually it? be used as the episode title, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Uh, thumbs up. Oh, okay. All right. No, yeah, I, yeah, I do. Look. Well, okay. Well, because the, the next episode is the second half of that, that story. Tis. So we'll talk more about it now.
0: Yeah. Evolution of the, Evolution Daleks. Of the Daleks. So <laughs> it's a moment towards the start of the episode with two Daleks uh, having a conversation about one of their doubts. And I, I love a little moment with the periscope. It swings around... 180. And then swings back and check yeah. is, is there. Yeah.
1: I love that. Um, all the things I have <laughs> written down, I have Daleks gossiping, but <laughs> you have that. <bats. laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love just the, yeah, that little swing. I think they're really,
2: I think they're pretty good at um, giving you enough, like a Cooler Shop effect with the Daleks. They sort of, they do enough with the, the shell mm. to sort of make you f- think like oh the dalek is doing like in that moment where the periscope looks around he's obviously like checking yeah. if it's okay to speak <laughs> mm. and like little things like when they kind of when uh sec sort of emerges from his shell and the daleks all sort of like go back slightly they're all clearly like oh fuck
1: yeah i, yeah. I
2: feel like i feel like the I, they're not puppeteers but whatever you call the people who like control the dalek shells mm-hmm. they're pretty good at like giving you enough body language to the daleks you know? yes
0: yeah yeah so okay the Bear with me on this one. Okay. So I note that there was a certain thematic overlap with something else that I'm, with which I am familiar. So Stephen Fry, he wrote a novel, right, about someone going back in time and basically ensuring that Hitler would never be born by poisoning the water supply in Hitler's parents' town, right? Okay. And it's like a spermicidal pill that makes them all, you know, infertile. Yeah. But the kind of, the horrible effect this has, it means that a significantly... Uh, shrewder and while as racist less blindly racist figurehead leads the Nazi party and then they are they managed to extract that spermicidal solution and use it to exterminate the Jews much more effectively right right and there was an overlap here in that the Daleks are very monomaniacal they're black and white they're absolutists they want the doctor dead but then you've got the human Dalek who sees the wisdom of using the doctor's intellect for his own purposes yeah Nothing to be said about that other than I noticed the similarity. Okay.
2: Interesting. Yeah,
0: I like that idea. Mm. But I,
2: I feel like because he's he's using the wisdom of the Doctor to kind of reverse the Dalek's ambitions. Yes, isn't he? Yeah. Because he so says, now that I've sort of become a human hybrid, I see the floor in the Daleks. Yes. And so it's time that the Dal I maybe we should just get rid of the Dalekness Well,
0: yeah, it. I've got actually that's my next note. That said, the comparison is rendered completely moot by the fact that the human Dalek is not entirely cunning uh, and self-motivated, but by a festering humanity. Yes. Okay, so I'm not saying the human Dalek looks like Jar Jar Binks, but <laughs> he definitely he definitely looks like the comic relief in a Star Wars film. Yes, he does. It's, yeah. A squinting yeah. cyclops. Like, he'd, he'd be a smuggler you'd find in the cantina, you know? Yes, I also think
2: there's a better accent they could have picked as well. What
0: was the, I can't even remember the accent.
2: Well, it was whoever the actor play in the first. Oh, episode, Mr. Diagoras. His accent that he's using. I assume it's not his native accent. Yeah, but yeah, just this kind of really. Um, he's 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 like he's quite softly spoken almost. Yeah, and I know that considering he turns good very quickly, it's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's just something I think. Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of Daleks. I think that's a really good foundation for a Dalek story. Mm-hmm. Through trying to evolve themselves, the Daleks inadvertently sort of create something that sees the flaw in its own species, and they have to like. There's a moment through the episode where you think like the Daleks are obeying Sec. And helping the Doctor reverse all of the work that they've done even though it completely contradicts what the Daleks ambition is yeah. yeah I think it's a really good idea for a Dalek story and a story in general but I do think that the execution is a bit wobbly yeah I agree especially yeah. with the Dalek human hybrid it looks a bit crap
0: it, it does yeah uh, okay so I know that Laszlo <laughs> escaped before they could modify his mind but that doesn't explain why he has hair
2: yeah, he still looks like Laszlo. He, he does.
0: I know this was motivated by a need to differentiate him from the other pigs. Yeah. yeah. But I quite like the idea the producers thought, right, it's not going to be possible for an audience to empathize with a pig that's a biped. Uh, so a head of hair is what distinguishes relatable from unpalatable. Like that's <laughs> what makes him not a pig is the head of hair. Yeah. yeah. Well, At the very end when the lightning strikes and all the pig slaves are electrocuted, Imagine just how wonderful the smell was in that room. <laughs> That's disgusting. That leads to my alternate title for this episode, which is Smoked Bacon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, that, one, that one I'm not on board with. <laughs> nah. Mr. Vegan over here. Oh, not a vegan. Shut up.
0: Okay. Anyway, that episode also gets a thumbs up.
2: Okay. Oh, Okay. All right, then. Um I also wonder if the reason that Laszlo looks the way he does is so that it would still be believable that Tallulah would want to be with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean she know. seems to she does genuinely seem to love him for uh like the person he is as opposed to his looks or what she can off- what he can offer her. Yeah. But if you like the love of your life shows up and they're like this goofy hideous looking pig monster, you might have second thoughts, you know.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: But I guess I like that. I guess I like that she's. there's no question as to whether she's going to accept Laszlo. She's like, no, you're Laszlo. I love, I love you.
0: Maybe yeah. she's, she's just trying to lead him to a cooker. Could be that. <laughs> <laughs> must, must have smelt brilliant in there. Anyway, um, so the Lazarus
2: experiment. Yes, yes Mr. Mark Gatiss. It finally is. Finally in the flesh.
0: Yes. Um, this is the worst episode of the series. Okay. Of this series, I should say. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, it's just insubstantial. It's just kind of a a nothing forgettable episode. Like it's not atrocious. It's just kind of eh. Uh forgettable you know
2: yeah well it does it just feel like it feels like the function of that episode is the doctor's finally going to meet martha's family that's yes. the point of that episode yeah. it, it's yeah. about yeah. it's it's establishing the relationships between the doctor and the family
0: yeah and it sets up this idea of saxon yeah as well, it, it, it does yeah but also just like um yeah.
2: it's just like okay we need we need a story in which the doctor and the family are interacting so the story and the monster all feels very like secondary almost
0: yeah it also it, it just i'm not saying it's the deepest show in the world but it sort of lacks any depth i, I I did read up a bit on it and it said the writer was instructed to make it like a marvel give it marvel spider-man vibes mm. right okay and it's just that isn't it? it's like an evil scientist that becomes a victim of his own creation and then is a monster like there's nothing to it really. yeah, yeah. uh the fact that he's actually called professor lazarus is just unforgivable yes <laughs> uh that's not yeah that's not allowed you're not allowed to do that yeah um but that is in line
2: with marvel writing isn't it you know Victor Von Doom and characters that have names like that
0: That's true I suppose yeah Uh the monster is the worst CGI yet Yep uh, It's oh, so worse bad Worse than
2: the the nesting consciousness from the first episode
0: I can't even remember what um, that, it's Oh what the basically thing that's just like talking a, to. that
2: that big pit of lava that sort of Oh
0: that's bad but I mean like his face Professor Lazarus that creature is dreadful (laughs) um the old person maker reminds me of Valerie and Miracle Max from the Princess Bride you know the people who live (laughs) who heal as Crystal no he plays the old man in like the forest it's been too long since I've seen Princess Bride it's really like obvious bad old person maker oh yeah um that's kind of all I've got to say about this one, to be honest. I, I just thought it was nothing, a, a real filler episode. Oh yeah, it's definitely one of the weakest episodes. Mm, yeah. um, I see it's,
2: I see the points of like, the Doctor has to meet the family, especially since they become a part of the events of the finale. Yeah. But the story, the monster and all that, it doesn't feel like, oh, this had to be the episode where we meet them. They do feel like different yeah. elements. Yeah, you know?
1: Lazarus is literally introduced for a sentence in the finale.
2: That sentence being uh,
1: so, he's explaining that the technology that Lazarus used is what he channeled into his. Oh, own goes screen- into the screws right there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So my alternate titles for this one again, I've got, I've got two. L- the Lazarus um, shit experiment. No, uh, hubris. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think this is the one I'll, I'll go with because of how it ends. Organic matters. Okay. At the end, yeah. he plays an organ, doesn't yeah. he? Yes. Yeah. So organic <laughs> okay. matters. Uh, that one is a thumbs down. Yes. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Okay. Forty-two. Yes. I've got similar to series two episodes, but I don't know what I mean by that. Do you mean? Okay. It's, do you mean
1: in terms you, of the one with the devil? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's similar to that double part episode. Visually in, or yeah. story wise. Visually, I suppose, like a sh- a sweaty, oily ship. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, alien kind of vibes. Uh, the time imperative of the episode because obviously it's all a countdown this episode basically yes Uh, the time imperative lends it an urgency that also complements its disposability ultimately for me okay after the last one which was just forgettable this does feel like it crystallizes the experience of zipping through the episode to get to the next one I didn't dislike it Mm. but it it again felt like alright I'm getting through this one to get to the better stuff okay yeah Um, it was very sunshine for me the film sunshine like Which came hurt- out before this, right? Well, it would have been the same year. Uh, I'm not sure how far apart. Okay. The idea of hurtling towards the sun, and they've even got like a pinback a facsimile, like burn with me, you know, that thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. My kind of thought of it was a sweaty crystal maze, because the, the set does look like the future zone in the crystal maze. It does? <laughs> right, yeah. okay. It's better than the Lazarus experiment, but it's still fundamentally insubstantial. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think 42 is the weakest episode for me. Oh, really? Um, okay. I, I remember nothing of 42. Like, even having seen it recently, I remember so little about it. Okay. The Lazarus experiment, I at least remember that. Okay. I know it's, its placed within the series. I know who the monster is. I know what the story's about. Okay. I, the 42, it's just kind of like, oh, there's, yeah, they're on a ship and the sun is alive. And that's all I can, I that's all I kind of remember. Yeah.
0: Okay. Maybe I would that's say that's what that, you need to know. Yeah. Maybe this one is, it, you know? Yeah. This one's bland. The Lazarus experiment is bad, I would say. Yeah. That's okay. my personal. Um, yeah, that's fair even if it is more memorable yeah so my ultimate titles for this one Heat Slaves is the first one mm-hmm. yeah Visor is another one because mm-hmm. was Sun Visor and yeah. he got the visor uh-huh, yeah. but I'll probably go go with something that said in the episode and that was Here Comes the Sun which is the Beatles song yeah okay um, okay Human Nature yeah yes Jeremy Baines is preposterous yeah <laughs> I fucking hated him so much <laughs> Harry Lloyd Good, isn't you he? Went do. on to play. Yeah, he played uh, v- Viserys in Game of Thrones. Yes, um, he did. He is so cringeworthy it, that it is the cringe of the season. His performance—it's right. so bad. Do you agree with me on this one? <laughs> yes. Just the fucking face that he's pulling in every fucking yeah, frame. Yeah, he's he's got such a crooked mouth.
1: Yeah. Ugh, I don't know why a crooked mouth made me laugh so
0: much. <laughs> he's got a crooked mouth. Or that eaten cock. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have a glass of water. By eaten, I meant E T O N, not yeah, consumed. Yeah. Um, cock. Okay. yeah, well, I should have said the last one actually. Um, Forty-two is a thumb sideways. Okay, I, did, I forgot to say that. This one, I, it was a thumbs down. Interesting, personally. Okay. Yeah, I was very disheartened when it became clear it was going to be a two-parter. Okay. It's like, oh no, I wanted to leave this place after this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, well, I've got here. I was, I'm getting mediocrity fatigue. (laughs) So like all the episodes in a row, I was like, no, I want the good stuff. I want the good stuff back.
2: But I think broadly speaking, if you were to ask most people, human nature and family of blood are the good stuff.
1: I think those episodes yeah, are, they are very well uh, liked in the they community. are highly praised I understand why
0: because of you know the whole idea of John Smith yeah, yeah. I, I, and that, that stuff is well done I'm not going to you know deny that but honestly Jeremy Baines ruined the whole thing that is as simple as that I can't get I can't get over the Baines of it all it's the Baines of my life or, I don't know <laughs> yeah um no the first I, I prefer we'll get to the second part but the, as a single episode thumbs down for me okay my alternate titles for it, uh, you've got The Watchmaker's Son, which is. The um, Watchmaker's Son. Exactly. The Watchmaker's Son. Uh, a reference to, I think, John Smith is a Watchmaker's Son, isn't he? And yes. that also, of course, alludes to Dr. Manhattan, who also traveled in time and space. So you've got that overlap. Okay. Um, or, as a little, like, um, blue ball in the audience, I think I would call the episode The Master. Because he is an English, he is the master at the school. Oh, okay. So okay. I would call the episode "The Master," and of course it precedes. That would
2: be um, that would be really a dick move on your part if you. Were to do
0: it that. would. That's why I would definitely. I do right. it. fully
1: respect that. <laughs> <laughs> I fully I, I, it, respect it. I think
0: it, it. it wouldn't be. It be a, It would be a major dick move. If you didn't get the master, order. the fact he comes in a few episodes, I feel like you can get away with it. You yeah, know? okay, all right. But okay, the family of blood. Yes. yes, Harry Lloyd was really, really pissing me off. I don't know if I made that clear, <laughs> I but like I just it. couldn't yeah, yeah. get. I yeah. just can't get over him. Um, I like that they dedicated time to him having to sacrifice his humanity. I like that it's, it wasn't an easy decision just because we know he's the doctor, you know? It's a yeah, realistic yeah. reaction. It's like, as far as he's concerned, he's just this guy. Yeah, yes. And I like that it was operating within the reality of the show of, no, this should be a really hard decision. <laughs> like, you wouldn't just make this easily, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like the fates to which the villains are ultimately consigned, that they do live forever, but in, you know, abject misery. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like that well okay the ending of the episode you know the world war one portion mm-hmm. is great yeah. but my reaction to that yeah. was well where where was that for the rest of the fucking episode where the fuck did that come from that's a great moment right but i needed that throughout you know yeah yeah okay so my alternate titles for this episode i've got three the first one is straw man mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that i probably go with is goodbye mr smith because uh, i don't know if either of you are familiar with a film called goodbye mr chips which is about an English school teacher. Yeah. So good mm-hmm. by Mr. Smith. Uh or if ever it was appropriate, Doctor Who? Come on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If ever it was appropriate, it's this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. okay.
0: Part of it is, is is inspired by optimism, but uh thumbs up to this episode. Okay.
1: I will okay. say I do like the scarecrow. Yeah. The, yeah. The I like the scarecrow. I do yeah. like that. They yeah. could they could and I also
2: like the um, that little sequence when he's on the Family of Blood's ship and he's pretending to still be John Smith. Yes. And he's like fumbling around and doing all the switches. That's a nice little mm-hmm. moment. Because it also kind of inadvertently, I don't know if it's deliberate, but it sort of inadvertently shows how the Doctor perceives John Smith. You know? Yes. So it's sort of a nice little insight. Yeah, there. for where
0: it ends up, it's really good. But I just needed a bit more of that before the fact, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Blink. Yes. Big one. Well, it's obviously the best episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't know if it will always be the best episode, but it's certainly the best of the series and the best thus far. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah I completely agree. Yeah,
0: it's. I've got nothing bad to say about Blink. It's a perfect little sci-fi construct. It reminded me of The Constant, The Lost Episode.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that.
0: This predates it, but you know, just in terms of the themes and the cleverness of the writing. Yeah. So it gets some complicated plotty stuff done very quickly and very efficiently in terms of her friend goes back in time. Like all that stuff is done really quickly and you, you're you with it every step of the way. Yeah. And then the video and, you know, it's all really well done. The Weeping Angels are fairly creepy. I'll grant it that. Like yes. even now, yep. they're pretty creepy. <laughs> I like that the, uh, so Carrie Mulligan is basically the star of this episode. She's really good. Yeah, I'm a big fan yeah. of her anyway. I, I like that the, that detective definitely helps her because she's fit. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like you see that before he even asks her out, yeah, you know, yeah. he just looks at her he goes, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll help you. Oh, um, you would, you know? Yeah, you would, you would, yeah. Uh, I love this concept that the angels feed off abstract energy. I think that's great. The idea that mm-hmm. they are sated by what you could have been had you continued. I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a very time-travelly episode. I know that sounds stupid in the context of Doctor Who, but you know what I mean, right? It's it's playing with, like, the actual mechanics and physics of time travel. And, yes, yes. Um, it's like yeah. that's at the forefront, rather than just going to a place that's of another time. Yeah. Mm. It's a great threat as well, just, like, playing with that impossibility of blinking. You know, like, that is a great... Anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Because you can just imagine it like when you're just playing stare offs with your mates. It's impossible. Yes. Um, all of the payoffs in this episode are just brilliant. All the the wrap ups and the payoffs, like Mm -hmm. the four of them looking at each other because he tricks them into surrounding the TARDIS, and then that's just fucking writing one. That's brilliant. That's really good. Um, though I gotta say it's fucking lucky there are four of them <laughs> that, that's my only <laughs> yeah. that's my only little caveat to that but you know I I forgive it that little detail yeah I love that the doctor does everything from a distance in this episode he's like not really in it yeah, yeah. you know I love that I love the ending the ending is almost non-diegetic because it ends with the montage of just statues in yeah. the real world yes that's not the show as in like that's not happening in the world of the show that is just the showrunners runners the showmakers kind of inculcating a fear of statues within the young. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like, oh yeah. Well, you've seen this. Now, look, they're everywhere. Look, goggles, <laughs> they're gargoyles. They're you know, they're all around you. I love that. Um, And this is the one episode where I've said there is no need for an alternative title. Blink covers it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up all the way. Yeah. Yes. All the way. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. That, this is definitely Moffat firing on all the cylinders. And you yeah. can see how when it was announced that he was going to take over from Russell T. Davis, when he's got episodes like blink under his belt, yeah. everyone was like over the moon. It was like, oh, he's absolutely the right guy. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I
1: will say my little, it's, it's not like a criticism, but it's like a little anecdote, if anything. When, when I met um, David Tennant, I, he, he asked what my favourite episode was and I told him this and his response was, you mean the one I'm not really in yes yeah. <laughs> and I don't know whether I insulted him <laughs> or, or, or not he must have yeah, known that was, was his when he was reading that
2: part. script for the first time he must have known like oh shit this is going to be the best episode of Doctor Who I ever do I am not know in it yeah, yeah.
0: you know it's just everything, everything works like you know the, the detective going back and then being an old man in the hospital and uh, how they, they like put all the footage together, and mm. he he knows what she's gonna say. It, it it's all really clever stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Like in, it's just it's probably one of the best written episodes of anything. Yeah. Because you know, like it, it's it, you're with it, and it's really good writing. But then at the end, when everything starts paying off, it's just hit hit after hit of like, oh shit, fuck, yeah. this is good. You know. Yeah. Um. Yes. No. Highly. I don't know. I feel bad. High I it's a good episode and it deserves
2: to be praised and it's, you know, but what else can we say? About it's that?
0: harder to say much when your thoughts are entirely good, you know? Yeah. The only thing you can follow it up with is go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. Like Even if, um, like, this does work entirely in isolation. Yeah, if you've
2: never seen an episode of Doctor Who before, you don't need to. Absolutely. To watch this. Yeah,
0: no, watch it. It's good.
2: Though the problem with that is it is the best episode or one of the best episodes. So if you start with this, it's all Yeah, that that's true. Here, that's true.
0: I, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a better episode personally. We'll I see. I doubt it. I doubt you can top blink for me because not only is it clever and everything, it's clever with the idea of time travel, you know, so, but yeah, we'll see. We will yeah, see. We'll see. Um, okay. Utopia. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really, I don't like Captain Jack. I don't know if I've said that before. <laughs> you I, have, yes. I just don't get it. I don't get his thing. I know he's gay or he's bi or whatever the fuck he is. I, I just, He's I everything, I think. He's a, yeah, he's everything. He's he's Uh
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, so you know they, they go to like, well, the end of time, don't they? They go to trillions of years in the future. Yep. Yeah. I know it's another planet, but it's not different enough. I don't know where you start in, in conceiving trillions of years in the future. When
2: basically everything has ended like all life has been yeah. eradicated there's no am i right in saying there's like no stars in the sky like deliberately yeah like, there's like all nothing stars have died.
0: Yeah. like an option paralysis is definitely a risk when you're trying to construct this sort of idea
3: mm.
0: but if there was ever an opportunity to do something like psychedelic like unthinkable that now would be the time you okay. know like trillions of years in the future on another planet is not going to be mad max with 21st century guns yeah. yeah it needed to really go like far out there yeah um so, considering that it's the end of the universe it's the return of Captain Jack and the reveal of the master mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like filler but I didn't know at the time that it was the first part of a three-parter okay. so yeah. at the time though yeah um, the music's a bit cringe when it's revealed that he is I mean, I the really, master I
2: really really love Murray Gold's music. I think Doctor Who. Is, it just hasn't been the same without him because he did series one through to series ten. Yeah, and you'll okay. notice as you go along, like as the show changes and as the presentation of the show changes, so does his music. He he kind of evolves with the show. Okay, yeah. but yeah, sort of revisiting older episodes. It is a bit like you know, it can be a bit childish and plinky plonky and just kind of like you know, Murray Gold wasn't at his peak when he began. He sort of grew into it.
0: Yeah. I mean it's meant to be this epic moment isn't it when it's revealed that it, he's the master yeah, yeah. and I just felt the, the music was a, too much a bit over okay. you know? that's really all I've got to say about this one.
2: Oh, okay
0: yeah my ultimate titles are The Professor okay. Yana or my favourite one You're Not Gonna Believe This and I think I have to submit <laughs> submit the last one as my official <laughs> right. uh, title You're Not Gonna Believe you're not gonna believe this <laughs> Well, what, what about you, gents? What What are your thoughts on Utopia?
2: Well, again, Utopia is held in very high regard. I don't know how much of that is okay. the reveal, like just the reveal. Yeah, and yeah. how much of it is the episode itself? Yeah, I like. I do like Utopia.
0: It's not bad. It just um, it didn't feel like much to me, you know. Okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of Derek Jacobi too. So okay. okay.
1: See, I would say yeah. I don't mind Captain Jack. Chando really gets on my tits. <laughs> Well, she dies, so yes, that's all good. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Um. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah she, she really winds me up. But I, c- I do kind of like the whole Yana, you're, you are not alone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I can't, on that front, I can't really complain. I think it is, when it came out, I knew it was like the first part of three. Yes, yeah. So I think it was, oh, okay, this is the setup, and then we'll see where it goes. Yeah, fair. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I didn't know that, so that kind of did inform my opinion a little bit. Thinking of it more as a three-parter, it, it, it does go up in my estimation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, broadly, thumb sideways to Utopia. Okay. okay.
2: Well, it's obviously a necessity if you're going to watch the three-parter, but yeah, it's an individual yeah, episode, so that's fine. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like, it when I first saw Mantis in the MCU from like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Chan Tho, whatever she's called, she's I immediately thought of her. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah they I, feel very I, similar. I don't, I don't mind Mantis, though. No, well, yeah, you know, on on that level
1: (laughs) nah 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 come on now lads come on um okay the sound
0: of drums yep yes I like John Sim I like John Sim a lot yeah I've always liked John Sim I think he's good as the master there's nothing special about the performance of his villainy like it's pretty cocky cutter I'm a bit mad and charismatic and you know yeah but it's fine you know I liked it even even if it's not distinct, you know, but he does it really well. Yeah. Sometimes
2: that's all you need. Like, you know, yeah. it's nice yeah. to have a completely idiosyncratic performance, mm-hmm. but just having, like, a guy who, like, really fills a stereotype or, like, a typical role well, yeah. sometimes that can be enough.
0: Oh, you know? he's eminently watchable. Like, he fills the room. Yes. You know, he's really inhabiting that role. Mm. Yeah. Little Anne Whittacombe cameo, which I thought was a bit odd.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume <laughs>
0: yeah. that Russell T. Davis's... Politics and hers are diametrically opposed, uh, so I thought that was an interesting little overlap. Okay, it, it's all I've just got here, all coming together nicely. Yeah, to me, like all the stuff from the series is paying off, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. And when the American president show, showed up, it's like, oh, that's the guy that plays the American in every British show. I don't know what his name is, but I've seen. I think he's in my family. He's always in like BBC shows as an American. Yes, he right. is. Um, so he obviously lives over here, you know. Mm. Again, because this, this is a two, a three-parter, it's hard to think of it much in isolation. So that's kind of all I've really got to say about that one. Okay. It's sort of a John, John Simms showcase episode. It's
2: my, of, of the three episodes, The Sound of Drums is my favourite. I
0: think I agree. Yeah, I really yeah. like
2: that episode.
0: Uh, but that's kind of all I've got to say about it, really. My uh, alt- alternative title for that episode is <clears throat> Anglo-Saxon. Come on. Right. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is a thumbs up. Yes. So it's all the thumbs ca- can I up just quickly Santa point Trump's. out
1: the uh, American president is actually Canadian in real life. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, but yeah, he has, he does seem to have a habit of playing Americans. Yes.
0: Okay. Series finale. Yeah. Last of the Time Lords. Yes. Okay. So the homunculus doctor. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like the idea of it. Uh but like Dobby whose ears have just been castrated. <laughs> yeah. Not not so much.
1: But he's got such big sad
2: eyes. I, he's <laughs> got big sad eyes. It's the thinking that like what John Sims master has done because the doctor's like 900 odd years old at this point in time yeah so he sort of like aged the doctor to be 900 years old is that what the thinking is well he just aged him hasn't he
1: he ages him to 900 but then when they have their little plan and they try and attack the master yeah he takes then all the help that the regeneration is supposed to give him out of it as well right okay I see so this is what he would look like as a result of that if he never regenerated yeah without moisturising yeah yeah
0: <laughs> okay it reminded me I, I don't think either of you have seen either show but it, the episode reminded me a little bit of um, Fringe and Battlestar Galactica especially like because it jumps ahead a year doesn't it yes yeah. and this idea that thing like everything has changed under Saxon's rule you know like all these people have died and that's a very like Fringe did this alternate parallel universe thing and Battlestar Galactica jumps ahead and all the characters are in prison at one point and mm. it felt a bit like that and I liked that I liked that it was sort of like an, a military episode yeah. you know yes Yeah. Um, I quite like that the Doctor is sidelined for most of the finale I do quite like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that Martha is the agent yes. responsible for much of the action yeah so got you Jack is the face of Bo whatever I have no feelings either way about it just in the sense of I don't know whether I'm supposed well I'm obviously supposed to go oh my god um, it doesn't annoy me but it doesn't evince that response either. It's just a... Oh, whatever. Um, it's just a detail. Yeah, know? I
2: wonder why they did that.
0: I don't know whether it was just a kind of
2: neatly, like, oh, that's one more thing that we can sort of tie up sort of the origin yeah. of the face of Bo without actually having to do, like, dedicate time to, like, explaining who he is I and can't remember
1: the exact, but I know Russell T. Davis wasn't going to do it, and then they were like, no, you need to stop denying that they're supposed to be the same person now. So he did it basically because yeah I did read up like, on that like this oh, okay. stop
0: like dicking around halfway or something like commit yeah like either do it or don't sort of thing so he did it yeah yeah I you know again not, not much to say broadly positive yeah I like that the master ends up being the main villain of the series 3 I think that's really good mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah thumbs up Thumbs up to last of the time lords. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but alternate titles. It doesn't. Again, this doesn't really need one. But I've I I nevertheless have three alternatives. Okay. The first one is War Drums. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I thought, oh, wouldn't it be clever? Because John Sim is famous for being in Life on Mars, which is of course named after David Bowie song. Yes. So what if I called the episode also named this episode after David Bowie song? So the two that seemed most befitting were Starman or Rebel Rabble. Rabble. And I think I would probably go with Rabble, Rabble. Okay, I like it. So that means season three is a big thumbs up. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I really liked it. It's it's a massive improvement over series two. It is. Yes, I'm enjoying the show now. Is it an improvement over series one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, I liked series one a lot. Um. Well, I I liked I liked it. I liked Eccleston as the Doctor. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the quality of the writing of the episodes, yeah, it's shot through the roof. Yeah, yeah. like ju- just blink. Yeah, you know, you could submit that as that series three.
1: Like, all right, it wins. Okay. Yes, but I say. Yeah, like, yeah. There's I plenty of this good is stuff my it. My favorite series as a whole. So
0: yeah, again, I I'm not confident that something's going to beat it. <laughs> okay, so let's just. I feel at the end of each series review, I should recap on who my favorite Doctor companion episode and series mm-hmm. are thus far. Okay. Okay. So the way things currently stand, my favorite Doctor remains Christopher Eccleston. Mm-hmm. My favorite companion is Martha. Yep. Um, my, fa- I, th- I think she's gonna be hard to beat as well. To be honest. Boo. My favorite um, series is Series Three. My favorite episode is Blink. Okay.
2: Nespa. Right. Apart from Martha, we're all uh, yeah. You're you're, you're you're pretty on the nose. <laughs> I'm doing all me.
0: right, am I? Okay. I'll yeah. oh,
1: shut up, George.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I, yeah I don't know what the problem with Martha is it might just be black the, black black. you're racist, racist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> completely racist
2: no it's not that it's, I mean um, give me
1: a better excuse then George
2: I'm trying to think of one Eddie it's because um, you don't have one <laughs> <laughs> no let's think I like the idea of her as a companion it, there are instances where it feels too much like it's like black no <laughs> she's black, <laughs> George it's fine
1: If I can accept the, the, you know, the role of the misogynist on the series, you can accept the role of the racist.
2: (laughs) Oh
0: yeah, that's a role that I should take. It's Doctor Who, uh... not Doctor Black.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, fucking Uh, hell.
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the performance, but then again, she's not doing a bad job, you know? Mm. And I like that Martha's, um,
0: like she sort of leaves on her own terms. Yes. Is she done now? It, would it be a spoiler to say? Not really. Because, no. I mean, I get—I would know if I was in the real world, like okay. they released this news. Yeah, No. Yeah. Uh, so she she is the companion for series no. four, man. No, she's not. Oh, she's not. So she is done. She, she, she's done she as pops a companion. Up. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. She, she might feature okay, in an she,
2: episode, but yeah, she's uh, done as the companion. You've got Catherine
0: Tate oh, right, okay. to look forward to. I then. thought she was in it for another no. series. Nope. Oh, that is, I am bitterly <laughs> disappointed. Man. Okay, this... This does crystallise Series 3 and it's completely in its own snow globe then. Yeah, I think this it's not going to get better than this unfortunately for me. Right. But, okay. we'll, but we'll see. So Catherine Tate is next, is she? Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> well, on that fucking miserable note, shall so we wrap up?
1: Yes. it Seems about
2: right.
0: <laughs> okay. One final note though. You
2: what? I was going to say one final note about Series 3. Um, The Series 3 finale was the first time that Doctor Who felt epic. Okay. Me. Just the scope of what they were doing, like even even when they were like in like John Sim has gone to like this like little neighborhood street and mm. he's trying to find Martha and all that sort of stuff. Like it felt properly, even when I'm sorry for the first time, it felt like really Yeah,
0: interesting. Epic, epic is not the word I would use, but I guess that's what I mean by comparing it to Fringe and Battlestar Galactica. There's something about a TV show that jumps time. Again, I know Doctor Who does it a lot. It displays a confidence in the storytelling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, like I said, it, at the end of Gridlock, it made it feel like, oh, that was a moment of poetry. This is starting to feel like a TV show. Yeah, the the, the events that unfold in that three-part finale, it definitely make, made it feel more like a drama, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, something worth your time anyway, um, even if... Principally for children. Right. So on that note, uh, we bid you... No, no, you can't do that. We bid you... You can't fucking do that. We bid you adieu. Uh, Uh, See you on... You bastard. ...the next episode where we'll be discussing series four. (laughs) Yes, we will. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.